forever. Dog. When does this freaking show begin? What's going on? When does it end? When, when does, does it, it end? Begin? Time's a flat circle, everyone. Um, a cookie? What's that now? A cookie? A cookie. A flat, a flat cookie. Circle? That's like You want a, a flat uh, circle? Are you a good boy? You want a flat circle? Flat cookie is like a uh, a host, which is something you get in church. And it's something that I like to do on this show with you. It's something, yeah, that we are co-hosts. I've never with, had one of them crackers, oh, you know. They are good. They're so tasty. First of all, it's the body of Christ. So right off yum, the yum. bat, it's going to be good. Secondly, they <laughs> taste like packing peanuts flattened oh out. they do that's my yeah. favorite cut those are the only kind what of peanuts you, i uh what did, I you can think, eat. what did you think they were gonna be like barbecue flavor now they're, they're i f- picture them what did you flavor what p- as... flavor did you picture and brett you yeah you are a church going man that's right yeah this uh, southern baptist variety but we would mm-hmm. do the we would do the the like deep fried crackers and yeah and um uh, not wine never wine but you know some sort of off-brand uh Grape juice from Big Lots was usually mm-hmm. what we would get instead of instead of wine at church. Yeah, so you'd hmm. go up and they'd go, "Bye, Christ, bye, Christ," and they put that thing in your hand or so they put it on don't your mouth. Mind if I do? They put it in your hand or they put it on your tongue. Depends on the church. So, what do you think that tastes like? That I think host? it tastes like those fancy, expensive crackers you used to get at Dean and DeLuca. Like a water cra- like a water cracker? A wafer, a wa- like wafer thin, as they say. Wafer thin, as they the say, the Terry later Jones. in... in uh, um, I, I, I've seen these fancy crackers on a cheese board or near a mm-hmm. cheese board or stacked artistically on a adjacent to she everyone loves the word adjacent and why wouldn't they mm-hmm. yeah. um but uh i don't picture them as being terribly spicy or um well i'm glad you don't because they are flavorless <laughs> what's the now i'm trying to think what's the spiciest cracker Ooh, spiciest a, cracker a, a papadam there's Maybe? some, there's some, um, there's some chips that are spicy hot. But no, I chips I know. But what are spice? What's an example of a spicy cracker? Is there a um? If I were to go to the grocery store, is there a club that's jalapeno flavor? It sounds like somebody just figured out. Five hours of discussion on double thread. And by the market, I mean the supermarket. Yes. I wonder if there is, because look, this is just a straight up cracker. It's the spiciest cracker you could think of. Ritz. Like if a Ritz was, like if a Ritz had like a, a, like a sriracha. It's called called tits. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's spicy in the way that. 
It also means sexy. Sure, that's the X-rated cr- the crack of Oh, porn X-rated parody. supermarket aisle or X-rated supermarket. This is, is the that best something? There it is. <laughs> we have uh, tits get toll house. It would be <laughs> what was it? Instead of toll house cookies, what would it be? Uh, pole. Pole, pole dancing pole, house. Pole house. It's like is, a a goddamn strip club. The bada bing. Yeah, like the like the old bada bing. So where I made my bones, I hate seeing the bada bing uh, depicted suchly on that show. It made me so mad. I said that was my cheers. The bada bing was your cheers, and then you found out that these. Mid low to mid level mob guys hung out there all the time, the and you got so mad. Buying drinks from me, yeah. Oh, that was the Carla. I was the Carla of the Bada Bing. If it was Cheers, that would be. We it, should. That pitch. was what it was. I, how dare you? Uh, how dare, dare you? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Why don't we pitch? I'm David doing like Chase. a Dustin Hoffman. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Wait, what was that from? Uh, act as though I were not telling the truth. Is that from Tootsie? Um. I don't know. It's like it's kind of a borderline Dustin Hoffman intonation. Cross with Miller's Crossing with uh, him uh, saying, "Don't give me the high hat." From Miller's uh, Crossing. Miller's Crossing. Yes, Mister White. No, the not Mister White. From Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> He shows Wait, up. Hold on. No, that's Harvey Keitel. Mm-hmm. Are you confusing Harvey Keitel with what is his name? The great actor who d- we lost recently, Quentin Tarantino. No, we didn't lose him. I keep trying. You said great actor. You said great Every actor. Every time I take off my shoes at my front door because I don't like tracking mud on my carpet. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. My name is Mud by pa- Primus. The great actor Les Claypool. The one thing oh. that South Park will always have to answer for is that they that got opening? Primus to write that theme song. Is that what we're calling it? Writing a song? I think that is a yes. I mean, what else it would is, you barfing it's, out? It's probably the ugliest series of sounds laid back to back. Like when when parents in the fifties were like, turn off that rock and roll music that's probably what it sounded like to them if they thought everything sounded like primus when in reality it was just going Mm -hmm. uh what is it i'm like a one-eyed fish peeping (laughs) in a seafood store i'm like a one-eyed cat peeping in a seafood store People, the, and then people in the 50s hear going down South Park. Now, horrible yeah. noises. Now, Brett, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going to guess you were a Primus fan when you were a kid. Couldn't get enough. Loved it. Sailing the Seas of Cheese. Oh. I'm assuming you listened to that a fair amount. I had a yeah, I had a, a poster on my on my wall uh, of sailing the sailing the seas of cheese. Um, I couldn't, I loved, I loved the, the sound, the bass sounds. I mean, well, that's what I was about to say. You were probably one of those guys that loved talking specifically about the bass play. Cause, cause mm-hmm. you know, a band is really good, mm-hmm. really good when 
the 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 bass is isolated as a point of conversation and they're not talking about the music necessarily no. but you're talking about this bassist can really play the bass if you're a yeah. bass lover if you were a true bass head like my friends and i i mean primus uh-huh. was basically it was like your revenge against the world it was like here and, the world that has up, denied us here you know here we, here we go primus and is and our growing way up back in the in. south yeah growing up in the south you would hang out at the bass pro shop that's right yeah yeah yeah, we would hang out at the bass pro shop. We would listen to uh, Primus. Uh, we would just listen to the isolated, the flea tracks from Red Hot Chili Peppers, just isolated. Bella, Bella Fleck and the Flecktones oh, was another oh. band that I remember that a very particular, and I don't say anything bad about that band. I have no opinion whatsoever. I just remember there was a kind of a guy that would, oh, and sorry, it was always a guy who would always mm-hmm. talk about the Bass specifically, Primus, Bella. What else? I believe you're talking about Victor Wooten, right? The, cla- the, the Victor Wooten was the bass player in uh, Bella Fleck, and he would play with uh, one of those. Uh, um, the name is escaping me now, but one of those those guitar arms that doesn't have like the tuning. Pe- Whammy? Uh, or it's just like a. It's just like a Steinberger. Yeah, like where it just sort of ends. Where it's like a, an MC MC Steinberger. And MC Steinberger. <laughs> Where it's um, you're talking about the ones that look like a like a like a stick with a box at the end of it. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, very, yeah, yeah. So he'd play one of those. I think it would be cool, Tom, when we start our band, our bass forward band, where I play mm-hmm. upright, you play regular, mm-hmm. and God knows cool. what Brett does. Maybe he sings with his bass voice. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I could be sort of a hype man. I'm, I'm really good at that. You know, sort of. You could be. Oh yeah, you could be our big mouth Billy bass. How's that? That's great. Yes. That's great. So when we do that, you mm-hmm. should play your bass with uh, like one of those Bart Simpson's um, slingshots. I should. Yes. Okay. The. Uh, and are we doing? Hey, are we playing doing the bar, doing the Bart man? Hey man, it's me, Nancy Cartwright. Did yeah. you know that Zeno. Uh, John Miscavige is missing? Yeah. Not just Shelly, man. Both of them. What? We don't know where they are. Hey, man, it's me, Bart Simpson. Eat my shorts. Lisa Marie and Kirstie Alley in two months. Kind of weird, huh, man? Then David, <laughs> David Miscavige chokes Bart. Oh, it's David, not John? Yeah. Why, you little... Yeah. I'm right here. <clears throat> Don't have a cow, man. That's Bart Simpson said that. Eat my shorts, man. That was another Bart Simpson one. Cowabunga, dude. Cowabunga, dude. That's another Bart Simpson quote. I didn't do it. Another Bart Simpson quote. Psychotherapy murders children. Psychotherapy murders children. Another Bart Simpson quote. Uh, Hail Zeno. Another, not a Bart Simpson quote. Zeno's a bad guy. He is? Right? Well, he never Zen- forgets my birthday. Isn't Xenu the bad guy? In, in Scientology? No, in uh, the NFL. <laughs> oh, my band is going to win what, this year. What did, what did you think? <laughs> <laughs> they would. Xenu would be good in the XFL. Xenu would be good on the XFL on the back of his jersey. It just says, Hail Xenu. According to uh, Scientology, Xenu was the extraterrestrial ruler of a galactic confederacy who brought billions of his people to Earth, then known as Tegak, 
uh, in a DC-8-like spacecraft 75 million years ago, stacked them around volcanoes, and killed them with hydrogen bombs. Bad guy. Bad guy. Started bad out guy. as a good guy. guy. Ended up as a bad guy. Yeah. It's elaborate. Bad guy. So the good guy is who? Elrond? El Barto. El Barto Supremo. El Barto Ron uh, Burgundy. <laughs> is El Ron Burgundy something for the t shirt factory? Bo- Maybe that's the El Ron. El Ron. Oh! El Ron Burgundy. And instead of Dianetics, what is it? Diarrhea? <laughs> sure. Let's go with diarrhea. I think. Fred, are you listening? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there is a lot of sort of volcano imagery around Dianetics, so that would actually that would tie in pretty. There's a pretty easy tie yeah. in there. Um, yeah, what could stay classy become? Um, Gassy. <laughs> um, stay classy could probably be. I'm gassy. My pitch is going to be instead of stay classy, it is you over there go polish Tom Cruise's motorcycle with a toothbrush. <laughs> I mean, don't mind if I do. Yeah. Fifty Shades of Hey. Today. Well, speaking of Tom Cruise, um, we uh, we we're, we're having a big. I mean, we've already gotten into it, but we're having a big. If you're a movie lover, you have come to the right Welcome place. To You've come to Welcome, the right place. first of all, Brett. Hold hold on, just one sure. second. Brett. Sure, sure. Julie said, "Welcome to Double Threat," mm-hmm. and I'd like to second that motion. Welcoming you, the listener, to Double Thread. My name is Tom, and Julie's name is Julie, and we're the hosts of Double Thread. And if you're new to the show, get out now. This is your chance. Come Make on in. The water's it. warm. Make a run for it. Water's warm you because you someone know why the water's warm. Come on in. The water's warm because someone full of my blood. Someone, it's blood. Okay, and here comes Jaws. Jaws, Jaws. Here comes Jaws. He goes hungry, hungry. Did you know that those are lyrics? By the way, I did not know that John Williams wrote lyrics for. Oh yeah, he goes hungry. It's from the point of view of the Jaws. Of of Jaws. Hungry, 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 (laughs) hungry. Eat, eat, eat. Oh, that's psycho. Sorry. Yeah, I'm working on a movie with Peter Benchley. Amblin Entertainment, not the same one that Steven Spielberg is different. It's spelled differently. And uh, Kevin Smith, and it's called Jorts. And it's <laughs> it's Kevin Smith is a shark wearing jorts. And it's him coming up. And swimming in them. He's swimming in, under the water. He's swimming. And it's uh, going up top is... Uh, uh, the backward baseball hat? Is what's his face? No, it's uh, uh, Snoochie Boochies. Uh, Jay? Jay is swimming by. Yes, jorts in theaters this summer. What does Jay stand for? Joints, I bet. What is Jay? If your name is Jay, James? It's just Jason? Jay. Jason? James? It's just Jay. I have a cousin named Jay. Mm-hmm. J-A-Y, that one? Mm-hmm. I have a cousin named Ray J, and he's... He runs a headphone uh, uh, look at your bud company these days uh, called Ray. Raycon. You guys are oh, we love Raycons here, at and they Double are Threads. the best. They are the best 
earbuds you've ever had. I wear them my, to the gym my all cousin, the time. Don't give your money to my, Apple. Give it to Raycon. Yeah. My cousin runs a terrible earbud company called Jaycon, and he's conning you out of your money. So do not buy no, them from no. my cousin. Raycon Jay. is the ones you want. Raycon. All serious. All kidding aside, I do use those Raycon uh, earbuds, and they are pretty awesome. They're great. Well, I was saying before, this is an episode for movie lovers. Movie lovers, we are we are gonna, uh, you know, we talk about movies a lot on this on Double Threat, and uh, today we are, you know, the Academy Award nominations just came out. Yeah, and you know, we'll, we'll, finally, we'll look at those in a second. Uh, but something that is omitted from from you know those nominations every almost every year is they're always ignoring the movies that come out in January. Yes, yeah, so everybody focuses on Oscar season, which is November into December, and there's when all the prestige movies come out, the ones that they they want to get nominated for the awards. But then after the prestige season is over. Then it's then it's so called dump month, which where the studios dump movies that they don't have a lot of confidence in or they're low budget. Uh, they're just gonna try to turn a quick buck, do what they can, but they're not putting a lot of marketing behind it because they're they're so fixated on promoting their Oscar movies during the month. Or of they're January. just not award. They're not award material. Like they're ho- like horror movies. They'll say those will never get mm-hmm. nominated. Yeah, mm-hmm. for anything. Mm-hmm. So we, at long last, we want to shine a light on the movies that come out in the month of January. Uh, yeah. Too long they've been ignored because there's some real hidden gems that come out because these studios don't always know what they're talking about. Half the time they have no clue what they're talking about. So a movie they think is not good actually turns out to be great. There's a lot of movies that deserve recognition that came out in the month of January. So we're going to be going out th- through, uh, starting in 1970 up to the present, we're going to be handing out the January Oscars uh, today, which recognizes uh, greatness in January cinema uh, the January Oscars coming up uh, later on Double Threat. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. And in the meantime, though, before that, uh, Tom and Julie, I wanted to show you the uh, the actual Academy Award nominations here uh, for Best Picture, which just came out. And get get your take on 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 this year's nominations. Well, we were there. We read we read the we were asked to read the announcements. Mm-hmm. Yes. The nominations. Well then, it, and we're just like, and we we went to the podium. We made it. We made an icebreaker. We said it's a little early. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> and I had this huge like urn of um, coffee, and yeah. I was ashes. I spilled it on my head. It was so mm-hmm. yes, and ashes. Yeah, but that and was. I was on my way somewhere. And I said, uh, I just got woked up to do this. Uh, uh, let's get this over with. And then I said, best of luck to all the artists with this. And we're all going to have mm-hmm. fun at the Oscars. Because Tom and I are Nepo babies. We are. We're Nepo babies. I don't like to talk about it a whole lot. I uh, do. Well, you obviously. I'm a fableman. You were a fableman. I'm and, a fableman. Well, once a fableman, always a fableman. Yes, once a fableman. Was Sam, how are you related to Sammy Fableman again? Sex. Through sex. <laughs> Through sex. Yes. It was the uh, Seth Rogen model of becoming a fableman. You sleep with enough fableman. You mm-hmm. sleep with a fableman, mm-hmm. then people will give you 
if you're Brett, they'll give you shit. Why aren't I on the T-shirt? Thank you that's very my much. kind of that's my Fableman. Yeah, status. There's a Fableman yeah. shirt on our uh, totally effed up store right now with all the Fableman names on. How's it. that selling? How's uh, that not doing? so well. Not so well. Probably our oh, lowest seller. No. Probably lowest. Wait, which one's the lowest seller? The Fablemans. No, there's no way that's the lowest seller. I believe it is the lowest seller. I think part of it heard is of it. it? Um, heard of it. I don't know if it's effed up enough. I think that's the problem. I don't know. You know, that's we said true. this is the total. I said up that store. before, and you said that you said that it's effed upness was it's randomness. I know. I know. Well, let's just Might put it on the double threat. Put it on the double threat page. That's great. That's great. Why don't we just relocate the inventory? That's a great idea. And, and somebody, you know, asked, somebody gave me crap because because Seth Rogen's character was not on there. I said he's not a fableman. It's not a he's freaking not a fableman. fableman. Check the and last they, name, you, buddy. And you know what they say? Once you go fableman. You'll never mm-hmm. be able, comma, man, <laughs> to have sex with anyone else. It's true. And then Tom's Nepo baby status. Yeah, everybody knows from... uh, Mark Spitz, Olympic uh, superstar Mark, Mark Spitz, Spitz. Uh, adopted me when I was 30. It's like the spin writer? No, that was Rob. Rob Sheffield adopted me after Mark Spitz disowned me. I was adopted by Rob Sheffield. And do you know that any pony you have, if you are a Sheffield, is a Sheffield pony? Did you know that? I did not know that. Even a ponytail. You can pull your hair back. You go, look Mm -hmm. what I have. Now let me into this country club, you piece of shit. Yeah. Now uh, I've got my roots in show mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Yep. My grandfather's everybody knows was Mr. Hooper from uh, Sesame Street, and he opened a lot of doors for me. Look, he just yeah, got me through the door. He just opened the first door. You had to do all the work. I had to do all the work. Yep. And I took everything I got from Mr. Hooper, or as I mm-hmm. called him, Gampy. Um, <laughs> Gampy Hooper. Gampy Hooper. Said Gampy Hooper, will I make it in show business too? He said, "That's up to you." He said, "You're a nepo baby. You're good to go." Oh, he said that. Oh, he was very blunt about it. And they said, "Just help me get rid of this neighborhood's going down the effing toilet." And he said the actual word. Oh, he meant Sesame Street. He Sesame Street because he was saying there's this grouch Uh uh, who yells at all the customers as they come in and out, and. Uh. uh, I just That's another weld, one of my relatives. I welded his garbage can shut. Oh God! <laughs> He's in there still. Um. Yes, we are nepo babies and proud of it. Um. Yeah. Kiss our ass. Yeah. Seriously. Well, as nepo babies, you certainly then have some connection to probably, I'm sure, a lot of the people associated with these oh, movies. Oh, of course. Because uh, well, these uh, 10 movies were identified as the best picture nominees uh, yeah, for 2023. Look, I'd be lying if I denied I have a connection to Malta Grunert, uh, who went on to produce uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Wow. Yes. And I also have been friends with Philippe Bobert, uh Triangle of Sadness producer. Is he related to Lauren Bobear, my favorite uh my favorite Congress politician? person, yes. Love that love her hat game. Yeah. Her yeah. hat you, game. You think she's working at a freaking lids the amount of baseball cap she's got. She also looks like 
It's just that, like, when you put, a, like, um, like one of those hats for dog, it's, or, like, one of those, you know when a Sunday used to call, like, come in, like, a, a plastic ball cap upside yeah, oh, down? Yeah, yes. It's like, mm. that's what she looks like when she wears one. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. She always wears that 45 hat around, and I was like, I didn't know she was an Abel Ferrara fan. What do you mean, Ms. 45? Yeah. She's always of up course. wearing she's, that Ms. 45 hat around. Well, she's always at the Chelsea Hotel, floating the hallways with Abel Ferrara. And quoting quoting the deleted scenes from Bad Lieutenant. Yes. Um, so let's look at this list. Academy Awards for Best Pictures. We've got a, picture. All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, I had literally no idea they made a movie about that. Yeah. At the, of that, because I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of I, one of two international movies on this list. All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, Top Gun Maverick uh, got the Best Picture nomination. Were snobs really mad? Uh, Sarah Polly's uh, uh, Women Talking, uh, Everything Everywhere. No, uh, Nick Adams' two favorite things: Women Talking, Women, women Talking. I enjoy when women are talking about hooters. <laughs> and about how tight they could make their hooters uh, garments. That's this kind of talking I I don't enjoy when those M&Ms talk. I mean, he won and he immediately started tweeting about A&W root beer. Yeah, about the... the and I, I'm telling you, this guy is... He's such a goof. Yeah, He's though, look, the, the right has their priorities uh, in the proper place. Um, I love it. I think it's great. So women talking. Women talking. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Banshees of Inishirin. Yeah. Uh, Triangle of Sadness, which is a full circle moment for us here, because that was the movie. We didn't know it at the time, but that was the movie Ooh, yeah. Alec Baldwin was talking about when he said the Woody Harrelson yes. boat vomit movie. There's a trailer I saw recently where Woody Harrelson's vomiting. It's looks like it's going to be nominated for Best Picture. The weird thing was Woody yeah. Harrelson's the only person that doesn't vomit in that movie. Yes. He, oh, is that true? Yeah. It's pretty true, yeah. He's the captain, so he's used to the the sea, the movement yeah. of the sea. Literally everybody else in the movie is vomiting uh, mm-hmm. pretty constantly, starting at about the half, halfway point. Has Alec Baldwin got something wrong in life? Can you believe it? Now, what else we got on that list? Fablemans. Fablemans. Avatar, okay. The Way of Water. Uh, uh, Elvis. And oh, there's more? Tar up there yes. in the top right corner. Sorry, top I can't ten. Them all in. Top ten. Okay. So wow, those are your ten. Those are your ten nominees for best picture. What do you, What do you think? What are your What are your favorites? Your surprises and so forth in here. My 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 my, my personal picks from that list. If I was the emperor of movies, is either Elvis or Triangle of Sadness. I heard Triangle of Sadness is great. It's, it's so good. Unbelievable. I heard it great. was fabulous. It's one of the best. It's 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 one of those movies I have not stopped thinking about. Yeah. Ever since I saw it. I'm just glad that it means something besides what my bikini waxer calls me. <laughs> Here comes the Triangle of Sadness for her 1115. Good afternoon to you, Roberta. <laughs> How about you, julieklausner.com? What do you see on that list? That I've only seen two of these movies, and I liked them both. I, I liked Elvis a lot. 
And that also, yeah. that came out over the summer, just thinking about the yes. schedule mm-hmm. of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm rooting for, do I have to root for something? I don't want to, I'm not, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I, I heard the Banshees of, how, what is it? What is the word? In a Sheeran. Okay. I mean, I like Susie in the Banshees of Inner Sheeran. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that to win because I heard it won best comedy at the Golden Globes and that kind of wor- ruined my day. What, that doesn't look like a scream to you? I got the trigger warning from someone looking out for me saying, I know you've got issues with animal stuff. I would skip this one. And so I have yeah. stayed away. Okay. Uh, Brennan Gleason cuts off all his fingers. It's hilarious. It's a it's a oh it's a no, I'm listening. Riot. I'm listening. I like yeah, it. Martin McDonough is a you know he's definitely a fl- a flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that flavor is you, Ryan. <laughs> no, he's uh, very talented. Can I send out um, a hot take real quick off on this list? This is something of I've been, course, something I've been of course. To say for Let's a while. hear a hot. Everybody just. Uh, Hot take coming from Brett Boehm in five, four, three, two, one. And maybe it's not so hot anymore. I should have said this a long time ago, but here's what I want to say. Gonna, he's gonna, I, I can predict what he's going to say. Okay. He's going to say loves Avatar Way of Water. Masterpiece. That's my bet. What do you think his bet is? What do you think his hot take is going to be, Julie? Well, it sounds he sounds defensive, so I think he's about to introduce some sort of controversial opinion. I, mm. So... Maybe he's going to put it all on um, Western Front. I think he's going to. Is what I call that movie. I don't think he's. I think he's either going to say he loved Avatar Way of Water. Okay. Or he he didn't love everything everywhere all at once. Oh, and that's the thing everyone loves. Yeah. Let's go hot. Okay. What's your hot take? Okay. What is it? Well, that was. I did. I. I didn't. I. I did. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once is not for me. But I get. I. There, a lot of people like. I don't want to. I don't even want to step in that because I, I. I like that a lot of people are enthusiastic Ooh. about it. It feels like. A, it feels like a movie that just a lot of people got a lot out of and a lot of good vibes from. So I don't. I don't want to. I'm not gonna step in that. That's great. That's just not. That's just a movie that's not for me. The one that I want to get everyone that I want to talk to people on is, is Top Gun Maverick. Talk about time. And tonight, today's episode is all about timing. When movies come out. I was close. I was close. I think Top Gun Maverick came out at a point where everyone was just so they were so desperate to get back to the movies. Mm-hmm. There was because remember that came out sort of at the end of quarantine. People were starting to go outside again, and Top Gun Maverick was the first movie everyone went back to the theaters to see. And just that rush of seeing something in a theater with other people, mm-hmm. I think it, it, it was the vibe and the timing of it all. I think people saw things in that movie that maybe weren't there because I finally got around to seeing this movie kind of in the cold, oh, cold light of day. And I'm telling you what, this is this is it's just kind of a run of the mill sequel of the first one. It's very it's it's like it's almost kind of cynical how similar to the first one it is, where it's just trying to cash in on sort of nostalgia for the first one. Gotcha. It's not a good movie, people. It's really Ooh, not that good. Hear that? It's not that good. And I think if everyone could watch it now again in the cold light of day. Not when we're all just sad and lonely and just desperate for connection and desperate for entertainment. But now I'm I sorry. Think- when 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 in what mood? What's that? What's that like? Yeah, Julie. Not when we're not depressed. So oh, okay. Just, I'll put that on my you calendar. Know, yeah, you put it on your. For me, I'm going to put it in a uh, time capsule that I will open mm-hmm. when I'm yeah, not for, depressed. For my- 
Fableman and yes, yeah, my Fableman ancestors. I get your but. point, Brett. You're saying that it's it was the moment that people were yes. excited about that life was coming back to normal after two years of pandemic. Yes. I'm just surprised that Goodwill lasted into the Academy Award nominations because mm-hmm. this movie has no, there's no there should be nowhere near this list. It's, it's well, they're I'm they're rewarding to... they're rewarding the movie for saving movies yeah. is what they're doing. Yeah. And they don't need to reward it anymore. It got is nom- also what you're saying. That's it, exactly it, it, it. Made a ton of money. That was the reward. Brett, this thing ain't going to come within 50 miles of winning Best Picture. You know it. It's a minor miracle that there are two huge movies on the best picture list, even with 10 nominees. Well, there's because like, look, Elvis is the only kind of hybrid was actually made a lot of money and is artistic. I know people might disagree. It is. I think the other the other big omission for me, though, I think Nope should be on this list. Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. Take it out. Oh, put, I put, saw put some people there. Mm-hmm. But that's me. That's my that's my hot take, which probably isn't that hot okay. anymore. I All think right. it's so going to be a lukewarm take. take at this point. So what is you, so your takeaway, Julie Klausner, is your pick for best movie of the year is the only one that you saw, which was Avatar Way of Water, which instead of seeing the 10 nominees once, you saw that 10 times. <laughs> so <laughs> you. One time I went in with yellow... You know, you can get like um, 3D glasses and one side is blue and one side is red. Mm-hmm. I got them to make ones that were yellow. Uh-huh. No, that's not true. I just I beat up the guy from Urge Overkill who used to wear those yellow glasses. Yeah. Nash National Cato. Yeah. Nate Cato. I, 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 <laughs> or Ed, Ed Roser, King Roser or Blackie uh, Onassis. Which one? Blackie Onassis. I beat the shit out of Blackie Onassis. I stole his glasses. Mm-hmm. I wore them. I, I went into the theater. I said, they're all green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got kicked out. I would have told you to take a seat and enjoy the movie. Um, I was enjoying it. <laughs> sure. I was totally enjoying it. So that's the best picture list. What other categories are there, Brett? Oh, uh, let's any see others, or is can... that the only one you wanted to talk about? I mean, that was. I just wanted to dip a toe into it, you know. Sure. Um, Which means he doesn't have anything else ready. Didn't the, the, didn't the mom from? Oh, I just get wanted to dip a toe for... into it. Well, I will say, Tom. One, uh, <laughs> one I know this is a guy you like a lot. I was very excited. Mm. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry got nominated for an Oscar, which was like a big surprise. Huge. He's yeah. so great. Yeah, that was very cool to see. As Donald Trump would say, it's you huge. Why mm-hmm. oh, you mean returning to Facebook? What a great reunion! I think it's great. He's back on Facebook. Uh, yeah, I've been waiting I'm, to I'm, see some yeah. pic- pictures he can post. And because look, do I follow him at Groups. Truth Social? Yes. Do I follow him at Parlor? Absolutely. Do I follow him over at uh, Mastodon? Mastodon. Yes. Do I follow him on uh, Flips? Yup. Yes, I do. All of the sites. Flips are those white chocolate pretzels? Yes, he runs. That's a social media site also where you watch him eat flips. You know, I like him on Facebook. I also like shit in the toilet. <laughs> that. It's nice to be back where that's things the belong. Nice, that's, that is the most perfect phrasing I've ever heard. <laughs> that's a shirt. I like Donald Trump on Facebook. Brett! Oh, got it. Yeah, Mark it, it down, it. please. 
And speaking of, we do have a new T-shirt in uh, in the totally effed up store. Uh, this mm-hmm. one was created by uh, an AI. Uh, the AI that that wrote last week's episode um, came up with an idea for a shirt that said, uh, "I can't." I should get the exact phrasing of this right. I don't want to offend the the machine. Um, oh boy, that's a that's a that's a one act play. What you just said in that sentence. And what a play. I can't adult today. I need a belly rub and a joint. And it's next to a, a, a picture of a, of a basset hound looking kind of sad, looking like mm-hmm. he needs to pick me up. Um, it's a really cute shirt. It's really cute. And it'll look great at a, uh, at a child's graduation, at a bat mitzvah, at a, uh, at a insurrection, a possible upcoming insurrection. If you... I want to say this. Anybody who wears a double threat, totally fucked up shirt at the next insurrection, and if you get on camera, we're going to hook you up. Yeah, we'll give you a second shirt. Yes, and we will testify. We'll pay your legal you. fees. <laughs> we'll pay your no, legal fees and that. testify I against you. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I did see a. Did you see the guy who represented the guy? Whose feet were up on Nancy Pelosi's desk? Will you look? He's a Brett, great I man. promise it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this guy's lawyer and look at his hat. Insurrectionist I, lawyer hat. Yeah, because he got sentenced. The jury was out for like an hour or something, and they came back and they're like, "He's guilty." <laughs> and the and and then there was like footage of him outside with his lawyer, and the lawyer was like. We're disappointed, but he's wearing this hat. It's so silly. Do you remember what the hat said? I'm sorry. Can't find him. It didn't say anything. It wasn't oh. a cap. Was it a cowboy hat? No, it was like a little here, I'll 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 ask. Is is there anything more satisfying than watching all these windbags uh two years later now act like oh, I lost uh it was a moment of uh, a lack of control, and uh, I'm incredibly yeah. regretful of my actions. Meanwhile, seeing them just royally eat it is, and see just them just be humiliated over and over, and just totally just belittled. And dare I say, this is what mm. will hurt them more than anything: cucked, emasculated, completely I, I, emasculated. Yeah. Completely in their their terminology, they are cucked, and they now have to be just like my client uh, is. Uh, was very enthusiastic, and he was led astray by uh, Donald Trump, mm-hmm. Mr. Trump, the charismatic. Yeah. He was led leader. astray, led astray by the guy who said he could shoot someone on. Fifth mm-hmm. Avenue, and then nobody would do anything. That that they still listened to that guy. I still want to know the cross street. Um. Yeah. It was. Uh. It was. It's. He's actually would like, shoot somebody in front of him? Penn Station. Uh. Fifth and thirty fourth. It's a little. It's a little west. Yeah. Well, oh, you're talking about. Oh, that's okay. The post office. That's a little west. He was like, I could shoot someone on Seventh Avenue. Yeah, he'll shoot somebody in shoot front of in front Park of the, Avenue South. Yeah. Did you find the guy, Brad, I, I, or no? Yeah, I do. Yeah. One second. I'm going to pull him up. Right. I believe. Is it this guy here? Yes. <laughs> well, look at that. 
Tom, why can't you wear hats like that? Um, describe what we're seeing too. What, how would you describe this hat? I can't describe it. <laughs> he looks like. Is it a Heisen? Is it is it Easter Heisenberg? He looks like an AI version. If somebody smashed all four impractical jokers into one human, <laughs> that's who this lawyer looks like. And this other guy behind him, what I didn't realize, uh, uh, Lars Ulrich's dad stormed the Capitol. <laughs> I thought uh, it was John Malkovich's greatest performance. Look at that guy. That guy's like a that guy's like a Dick Tracy villain. Both of them are. Yeah, there's there's two Dick Tracy villains just called yeah. Ugly. Yeah. Flat ugly hat. Ugly face. Flat hat and uh busted. And and busted. Uh, exactly. And rode hard and put up wet face. That hat. Well, if you want to see so that hat, to uh you can watch video episodes of Double Thread on Forever Dog Plus. You sign up at foreverdog.plus to get video and ad-free episodes. Make sure to follow us on social at Double Threat Pod uh, and all the places. Uh, and we've got our T-shirts on T Public. You can get the link in the show notes uh, on your podcast app. Uh, and send clips to doublethreadpod at gmail.com, and maybe they'll show up on the show. Send some clips that can inspire the next funny moment with Julie and Tom. And uh, if you don't have Forever Dog Plus, um, the guys, it's two ugly dudes. Okay? Just two ugly dudes. Now, what are you saying? What? Who's next oh, on the show? Say that, uh, when we get back from the break, this is very exciting. We're going to be doing the January Oscars, handing yeah. out the January Oscars to movies that came out in January uh, since 1970. And we're going to be joined. I mean, this is this is this is really exciting. We're going to be joined by film critic Matt Zoller Seitz. Matt Zoller Seitz, film critic, uh, has written a ton of great books. Uh, and this is, I mean, this is just a, this is a top shelf guest for a movie for a movie episode. It's a legit guest. We have a legit guest. Mm-hmm. Man, nervous. We're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. There's no. There's no. There's no. There's no clown. This is not clown town. No, it's not clown town, and it's very exciting. In 2023, the double threat is about to announce that we are switching to Zoller Power for our next segment. Uh, (laughs) We will not be running on electricity. 100% Zoller powered. Matt Zoller sites in the next segment. So stay tuned for that after the break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. All right, welcome back uh, from the break. Uh, and Tom and Julie, this is very exciting. As promised, uh, it is not just the three of us anymore, but we are joined by a fantastic mm-hmm. guest for our January Oscars episode. And I'm, of course, talking about Matt zoller Sites, the film critic, uh, author. Uh, and uh, thank you so much, Matt, for being here. And take it away, Tom and Julie. 
Hi, Matt. Hey, Julie. Hi, Matt. <laughs> Such a sad little hi. I'm just Hello. trying. I'm doing my best. We're so excited to have you here for the first ever January Oscars. Oh my God, I didn't realize it was the first one. Oh boy, yes. I gotta step up the level of my game. Well, you did dress up for the occasion for the that's a perfect January <laughs> We're Oscars. All wearing tuxedos, we should We're mention. Home. Yes, yes, yes. Mine is my I also have a feather in my in my broad brimmed 19th century. <laughs> Yes. Fop hat. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yes. Isn't this a good idea, though? It's the January idea. Oscars. What it's do you? A great idea. What What do you think about movies that are usually released this month? Is Is there? Do you have a general? Have you thought about this before? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's come up. I've been I've been a film critic professionally for over thirty years, and then in college before that, and January was always the dumping ground, and. And there's a lot of reasons why films get dumped in January. And there and there are several different categories. And one of them is movies that uh, the studio or the distributor looked at them and just said, uh, there's really no hope for this. Either because they, they thought it was a bad movie or they thought it's just unmarketable or unsellable. So they sure. put it in January. It's like, let's get it out there and, and it'll be gone soon and, and we'll take the write down. And then there are movies that uh, sometimes they open in January or... Uh, February or even March that were supposed to come out in the fall, but they were delayed. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it was the filmmaker's fault and sometimes the studio decided it was better not to release it in the holidays because there was too much competition. And in fact, uh, I just found out the Francis Coppola movie Gardens of Stone was originally supposed to be, I think, a November, uh, you know, release the year that it was supposed to come out and they bumped it to the following February. I don't know that one. Mm. Yeah. As you're talking, I don't think I know that one. Yeah, yeah. That I, one? Tony yeah I only know about that uh, because uh, Roman Coppola, uh, who worked on, you know, all the Coppolas worked on their dad's movies, but he he worked on that. And that was a part of his story, part of the story in his in his bio was about that. Um, but uh, but then another reason uh, uh, why they open in January is that's just when they open. And and there are mm -hmm. movies that come out in January. It's not because they're bad or because they were delayed or there's anything perceived to be wrong with them or actually wrong with them. That's just when they come out. And it's mm -hmm. always you don't know which one you're getting when you go to a movie that's going to open in January. And I actually have seen a couple of movies this month that were quite good. I mean, good enough to make me think, why didn't they release this? Not in January. Sure. As they said in Greece, tell me more. Well, okay. So one of them is this Belgian film called Close, uh, which is uh, directed by Lucas, I hope I'm saying this right, Daunt. Uh, and it's about the friendship between two uh, uh, kids, boys in middle school in Belgium. And basically they're they're like brothers and they have that almost pre-adolescent uh, lack of affectation about being physical. Like they they hug each other when they when they spend the night at each other's houses. They sleep in the same bed, and they're like they're like little kids, like the way they cuddle and mm -hmm. stuff like that. They're completely unselfconscious. It's totally innocent, but but in school, that's a bad thing. And so it's about how this kind of wedge of preconceptions comes between these two mm -hmm. best friends. And uh, I thought it was a really powerful movie and brilliantly acted. And then and, the other and, one, that and that I was saw called. What was I, the name of that one again? That was close. The name of okay. it is close. Gotcha. And okay. the, and the main uh, one of the the two kids in this, uh, Gustave De Waal and uh, Eden Dambrine, uh, who play the two the boys, are great. I mm -hmm. mean, two of the best juvenile performances I think I've ever seen in a movie. Just extraordinary, mm -hmm. um, and a very very tough, sad movie in a lot of ways. But I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Okay. 
Um, and then the other one that I just wrote a review of, and I wasn't expecting anything at all from it, was Shotgun Wedding, the new Jennifer Lopez movie. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Which is basically like, uh, what if Die Hard were couples counseling? That's kind of the premise of this film. Wow. It's, they, they're having this wedding. It's a, your standard romantic comedy setup where they're getting married, but they're not getting along. There's disagreements about the wedding. There's sort of unacknowledged tensions between them having to do with their own personalities and also their their upbringing and stuff. And they're having it on this remote island uh, out in the uh, the ocean, not too far from the Philippines. And the pirates uh, come in and uh, hold the, the wedding party hostage. And the and the the uh, bride and groom to be are uh, not there when the pirates take over. So they basically have to be like John McClane as a married couple and try to rescue their friends and family from these pirates. And it's it's sort of, did you see Game Night? The, uh, the yes, I saw Game Night with uh, Sharon Horgan was in Game Night. No, and... I saw Escape Room. Escape Room. Well, you know, it's kind of in that vein. And, and like, I guess maybe the first movie of its type was Raising Arizona, where it's a comedy it's a slapstick comedy. It's brutal. It, it it's maybe a little more brutal than you would expect, but the, but it's so cartoonish that it doesn't really feel um, violent. Somehow, it's almost mm -hmm. like a Looney Tunes yeah. level of violence. Yeah. And and uh, the thing I liked the most about it was it is actually romantic. Like there's some very clunky exposition at the beginning of it, but once they get to the part where they're trying to rescue everybody from the pirates it becomes like this screwball comedy from, from the thirties or forties. Who, who is she paired with? Who is she her is paired with Josh Duhamel, who was on uh, Las Vegas on CBS. And he's one of those guys who, you know, he's kind of like, I'm always, I, every time I see him, I'm like, who's that guy? I like him. Mm -hmm. He's got that kind of a vibe to him. Like he's just, you know, he, he's very droll. He, mm -hmm. he, he's kind of, you know, he's built like a, like he could play Superman, but he, he acts like a guy who's, you know, thinks he's not attractive at all, which is very becoming in a film like yeah. that. Yeah. And Megan, did you like Megan? I know Tom loved Megan. Brett, did I, you like Megan? You did oh, you watch it last Megan. night? I did. I loved it. I, I saw Megan. Megan in a packed theater. That must have been great. Everybody, because I didn't know two things about Megan other than it's a doll going going off. So, but like about fifteen minutes in, it's just like this is a just like this is a comedy. Because everybody was so in the spirit of it and having so much fun with it. And I do think there's some appeal to this trend of PG-13 horror movies that are that are just as much fun as they are horrific. And they're not going to go too far with the gore. So it can just be like a good time. And the, the horror maniacs who just want to see endless blood... They might not get their fill. They can go see Terrorizer 2 and get their jollies with Terrifier that. Terrifier 2. Um, Terrifier 2, sorry. What did he call it? Terrorizer 2. There's also well, that's okay. a movie Terrorizer too, 2, you know. which is something I depend upon in the kitchen. I, I wrote... <laughs> I've got that in my, uh, my bedside table. <laughs> that's, that's the... I thought you returned that. Uh yeah sure yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's yeah. the ticket. I it's got my, my John Lovitz impression. They had John Lovitz do a George Santos impression on Jimmy Fallon, <laughs> and at no point did he say that's the ticket. 
It was disappointing. But let that be yeah. the biggest disappointment in my life this yes. week. Go ahead. So, Sorry, yeah. so Megan was fun. It was great to see in the theater. Everybody had a good time. I almost wonder in the, as Brett described earlier, when he was savaging Top Gun Maverick, saying in the cold light of day. Look, I had a great time with Megan. To me, it's the movie to beat for 2023. I don't know if any of these other films are going to knock it off its perch or if it's going to run 50. It's just got 50 more weeks to go, Megan, and you win 2023 as best picture in my in my estimation. Well, in the meantime, Megan has multiple nominations in the January Oscars, which we'll get to shortly. And Matt, did you see Megan? I have not seen it, but I will say that I have a number of teen and 20-something people in my family, and they've all seen it. Yes. They've all seen it, and they've all been on me to see it, so I think I'm going to have to go. It's fun. Try to see it in a theater if you can, because it, oh, it, yeah. it, it is a crowd experience. I've heard it plays like a comedy in a theater. People Absolutely. Are, yeah. Well, Allison Williams, I'm very impressed with what she's what she's done with, you know, that for, I was surprised to see her in Get Out. I wouldn't have expected her to be in it. She was great. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and she seems to have kind of found her groove in that sort of film. And, you yes. know, you talk about Nepo Baby. She came from nowhere. Like, I don't even know <laughs> if she has parents. No, you know? I know. She could know. have been found uh, out of, on, yeah. a, on a stoop, like a kitten in a box. We don't know her backstory. She could be anyone. In yeah. a basket in the bulrushes. In a basket going down <laughs> the River Jordan. and Yes. <laughs> Went right. to the River Jordan Peel. Ended up there. Oh, Julie, I don't know how you do nice. it. It's nice. like a beautiful mind when Julie starts doing these things. She sees it all some... laid out, all the combinations. You see it. You see and it I right just, there. I just see one plus see one like, equals question you're mark. Like the, you're like the Terminator of comedy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, the terrorizer. I'm the terrorizer too of comedy. Yes. <laughs> Those movies are sick. Anyone who goes to see them should be on a list, as you used to say on the best show, Tom. Thank you. You said yeah. that everyone who watches Brickleberry should be on a list. Every, And I also <laughs> just want to say, I still think that's true. It is true. Julie, have you ever heard more glee in Brett's voice than when he got to correct me on the name of that movie? Well, he uh, did it's a Terrorizer too, actually. I'll, I'll tell you what, based on I was on hiding the things... a lot of the glee, too, so that was, that was <laughs> even well, the that's... Yeah, he, had to, he had to shave 70% of it off. I will Other... say, in terms of being quick on the draw, I've never seen him do something faster. No, that was as <laughs> quick. You'd think, you'd think there was a... Uh, a chicken sandwich at the end of that uh, <laughs> that sentence. So, Brett, what are we doing? Oh, Introduce boy. Us and also, to what we're before doing. we go on, Brett, people say, oh, Tom doesn't like Brett. You like me more than the AI does. I'll tell what, you that. What happened yesterday? <laughs> tell people what. Oh, this, what, this did you was get him a coffee before the best show again? Better, Julie. Better. Like, like way better. Well, this yesterday was, this was, was an a act Wednesday. of kindness that was. That was uh, no one says you don't staggering. like him. They, they, oh, they say do. That they're all over the you're place. mean to him. Well, There's they're saying I'm mean. Okay, then they say I'm mean to him. Well, guess what? Tell, tell people how mean I was to you yesterday. There's a bakery out here called Porto's, which is this amazing, amazing bakery. You get all these different fancy desserts and things there. It's amazing. But the line for this place is out the door. Take in and out and double it. This it's impossible to get into Portos unless you got a lot of time on your hands. And Tom comes in 
to the studio. I'm having a little meeting. He pokes his head in and goes, hey, I got you something. He hands me a box of Portos, which immediately is like Christmas morning, because what's going to be in this box? Something great. I open it up. There's a, a piece of carrot cake in there, mm. just perfect Ooh. carrot cake. Just uh, unbelievable. Best carrot cake I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is a true... Is that their specialty? Uh, it's one of them. Yes, it's, mm. it is definitely, you know, and this was, this was, uh, I, I was just, I was floored. It was yeah. such a nice oh, gesture. Tom, so mean to Brad. All you people can kick rocks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now let's get to <laughs> it. Let's waiting get to, to see it. what was going to come after. It's a family <laughs> show, Matt. And I'm you, not going to say. You didn't, you <laughs> didn't disappoint. You not going to tell anybody to eat a bag of anything. <laughs> bag of bag and eat a bag of M Ms. Eat a bag of M Ms. Oh, God forbid. Um. So, Brett, do you want to kick this off? Oh, I do. Uh, welcome everybody to the first annual January Oscars, honoring the best in cinema that was theatrically theatrically released during the month of January. Let's take that again, Brett. All Let's right, just take that, that. And back yep. it up a little yep. bit, maybe. Thank you very much. This is pre-taped, of course. So, take two. Uh, welcome to the first annual January Oscars, uh, the award show where we honor the uh, best in movies that were theatrically released during uh, the month of January since 1970. And oh boy, the stars are out on the red carpet. Uh, who do we got here? Is that? Oh, there's Kevin James from Paul Blart Mall Cop. And we, oh, is that? Oh, that's um, uh, Ethan Suppley from The Butterfly Effect. Oh, wow. We've got a... Uh, we should be seeing uh, uh, Vin Diesel at some point from Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Um, uh, of course... Oh, there's the great uh, the great former guest of Double Thread, the great Ann Magnuson from Cabin Boy is here. Uh, and she looks fantastic. Uh, we've got the entire cast of M.A.S.H. all together, walking the red carpet together. Everybody's out here. Paulie Shore from Biodome. Uh, Dunstan, the orangutan from Dunstan Checks In is here. Wow, what a, all the stars are out. Uh, and we're going to get now to the, uh, to the awards portion of the show. As the stars are making their way into the auditorium here. All right. Uh, and the first category on the January Oscars is... Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, in the month of January, you see a lot of, uh, genre sequels, uh, seek, you know, jo- long running sort of genre franchises, uh, turn out their next sequel. Uh, and so the first category here, we're going to honor, uh, the, uh, best subtitle for a sequel, the best mm. subtitle. Cause all these, uh, sequels they have, you know, it's like the movie colon and then some subtitle, uh, we're going to honor the best subtitle. Um, and so, uh, our three nominees are, uh, first, uh, Underworld. Rise of the Lichens, Underworld, Rise of the Lichens uh, from uh, 2009. Uh, Next, Lawnmower Man 2, Beyond Cyberspace from 1996. And then the aforementioned Triple X, Return of Xander Cage from 2017. Those are our three nominees. Um, And we haven't really discussed how we're choosing the winner here. I guess we'll just sort of talk about it and see if there's a consensus. uh, Or what what do you guys think? I think each one of us should go and give their opinion, and then, Brett, you should tell us who the winner is. Great. I love yeah. that. All right. Julie, why don't we start with you? What are, you, what are your initial thoughts on this category? I'm going to say that I, I think Lawnmower Man should win because what is beyond cyberspace? Nobody knows. Mm, but if Lawnmower Man does, here's my money. One ticket, please. Your, your cyber money. 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think, I think that's a very, very exciting, mysterious mm-hmm. notion. And I want to hear more. Well, I'm going to go with triple X, uh, return of Xander cage, because as, as all of us X heads know, Vin Diesel did the first triple X movie. He did not do triple X two state of the union. He was replaced by uh, ice cube for that one. And then we all assumed the franchise was, was uh, dead and buried, but then lo and behold, uh, Xander cage returned in a movie called return of Xander cage and all was (laughs) right in the world. (laughs) It does answer the question of whether or not Xander Cage is in this one. <laughs> it definitely it takes you know, that off the table right if away. You had any, if you had any lingering doubts, they've yeah. been resolved by the subtitle. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, which one do you think? Um, well, I you know I'm torn. You know I agree with your I agree with your impeccable logic about <laughs> about uh, d- beyond cyberspace. I, I, that was my question mm-hmm. as well was what, what what lies beyond cyberspace you know how many nights i've laid up looking at the ceiling <laughs> sure. thinking yes. what lies beyond cyberspace and you know kudos to the movie for getting into that mm-hmm. but i think i'm gonna have to go <laughs> with <laughs> i can't even say it rise of the lichens mm. which is like i you know uh, in college mm-hmm. i had i had them prescribe a cream for that <laughs> yes when you know it's yeah. like you go to the corner dock in the box and like i got a little problem the lichens are rising up yeah doc. What mm. and then he's just like you need to inform everybody on your floor <laughs> that you might have associated uh, I've the lichens have risen. I'm sorry okay. to tell you that. Wow, it's a, so no, we, it's it's a great vote. This is a three way split. Wow, Brad. so a yes. vote for each. I, I like this, Julie. This is a good model. You each make your case, uh, mm-hmm. and then I'll be the arbiter, and I'll try to be. You know, I'll, I'll pick who has ever made the best case, the best argument. Um, and for this category, I think you know, thinking of these, you want a subtitle that is that is compelling, but is also doing some marketing for the movie. Uh, so I got to go with Triple X: Return of Xander Cage because uh, I think that's a great, it's an exciting title, a good name, a good character name, but it's also letting people know, hey, the the, the Vin Diesel's back. Vin Thank Diesel's you, Brad, and you franchise. earned you just earned yourself. Tell me what else you like on the Portos. Uh. <laughs> Uh, There's that carrot cake Maybe something savory, lot of, Maybe something savory uh, next time. Here. Something savory next time. Great. I'll get online for another 45 minutes. <laughs> Truly mm-hmm. stunned. I cannot believe. I mean. Um, so yeah. let now. So we. Okay. So congratulations to everybody over at Triple X, the Triple X franchise. You did it. Great job. Great job. Uh, now, our next category, uh, in honor of uh, the month January, uh, this category is about the uh, the actor January Jones. And this is, of course, uh, movies that you'd most like to see January Jones in. Movies that you'd most like to see January Jones in that came out in the month of January. Mm. Um, and you can, uh, you know, sort of recast these movies however you want. Uh, but movies that you'd most like to see January Jones in, the nominees are... Uh, first, uh, half baked, half baked, the stoner comedy um, from uh, 1998. Uh, next nominee is Clan of the Cave Bear from 1986, the Daryl Hannah movie about uh, sort oh, of caveman and Neanderthals. Um, uh, Varsity Blues, the uh, Texas football movie from 1999. Uh, Teeth from 2007, the horror movie um, about the, um, I think it's. Uh, 
about the vagina the, dentata. Yes, yeah, the the dangerous, the killer vagina. Uh, and then Megan, uh, Megan. This is the first nominee for Megan from 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which of these movies would you most like to see the actor January Jones uh, from Mad Men and Last Man on Earth uh, in? Should we go in in the same order? Same or order. Let's go same order. We'll do same. Let's order. do same order. Yeah. I will say half baked, and swap her out with Dave Chappelle because, as far as I know, she's never said anything really horrible and harmful to trans people. There you go. <laughs> and by, by that logic, you could you could ha- also swap her out for Jim Brewer and have her play both roles. Wow, uh, Brett. Jim Brewer, of course, is a uh, you know has his own. And, and while we're at it, why not swap her out with Harlan Williams just for fun? And just for funsies. We'll do. We'll go full clumps. Mm-hmm. We'll go, <laughs> go full, full instead of half baked. It'll be, be full Jones, and then people will be like, "What is this movie anymore?" Full Jones. And I'll say, "I'm too high to know, man." Yeah, strong I, case. Strong case. Look, initially, I was going to say. Literally what Brett just said about Jim Brewer with that one. <laughs> um, but I would say I will swap out January Jones and put her in Megan and uh, not in the Allison Williams role. I will put January Jones in the role that uh, of Megan. I want her to play Megan. Do you think she would be an improvement on the... Oh, I don't know if it's an improvement. I just want to see what it looks like. See her oh, walking see. around okay. as a doll in a movie. Because I looked it I up and it looked like they used all. animatronics. They did like um, puppets and animatronics and then they did stuff in post, which is really interesting to yeah. me as a Garbage Pail Kids movie yes. fan. Anytime the, they use animatronics and mm-hmm. things, I'm yeah. really interested in that. Yeah. That, so that would be yes. I would like to see January Jones in that. And uh, second runner-up for that would be Clan of the Cave Bear. Matt, what do you got for this one? Well, I mean, I was going to go with Clan of the Cave Bear just just because you know one thing, one of the many things that we know about January Jones is she looks absolutely smashing in anything that the costume department puts her in. And I would love oh, to see I her see rock one of those off-the-shoulder Wilma Flintstone bearskin sort of things. I mm-hmm. think she would be great. Yeah. Yes. These are all strong cases. Oh, man. A competitive category. I think I've got to go with uh, January Jones playing all the roles in Half Baked, though. January Jones uh, playing all the roles in Half Baked. Congratulations, Half Baked and January Jones. You both uh, win this award. Yes. And congratulations to Jim Brewer for fighting the good (laughs) fight, also. Dr. Fauci will be jailed uh, this year. And you and I, Jim, we will celebrate. Uh, that's when you and I really party. What's the one in the middle with the car? What What's that one? Varsity Blues. Oh, that's like a football. It's sort of like a oh, Friday Night Lights. James, James is that Vanderbeet. James Vanderbeet? Oh, yeah. I've never seen. I okay, I know that one. I've never seen a it. January, another January release. Uh, the next category up uh, is uh, best trailer, best trailer. Uh, and I want you to imagine here, you know, you're coming off a holiday, you know, you're you're tired, you're starting a new year, you're going back to work. 
which of these trailers is going to get you back in the theater? Which which of these trailers is going to is going to get you back to seeing movies in January? And the nominees are, and then I'll play the trailers. The nominees are uh, the Rodney Dangerfield movie Meet Wally Sparks, Meet Wally Sparks from 1997, uh, the Christian Slater movie Gleaming the Cube, Gleaming the Cube, uh, which he plays a skateboarder from 1989. And then uh, the movie Debs, Debs, um, about like, I think it's like Catholic schoolgirls who are also spies, something along those lines uh, from 2004. The trailer will probably explain it. Uh, so those are the three nominees. And let's start out by watching uh, the uh, Gleaming the Cube trailer. I'll pull that up in one second here. All right. This is Gleaming the Cube. Adults are predictable. They expect you to behave as though what you do today is going to have an effect on where you'll be in 30 years. I mean, it's ridiculous to think that there's going to be anything in 30 years. I don't know what's worse, <laughs> you know? Being blown up in nuclear war. Skateboard He's got, like, Long Island corner. medium hair. You want it to be just like you? I think maybe if I had your haircut, I could sell more policies? Or maybe if I had your mouth, I could close okay, the deal every okay. day. Give him a break. Giving him too many. We love you, you know? They don't know what to think of me. Maybe I am as bad as they say. Who says? Everyone. You're different. They're living under this illusion that life as we know it is going to continue forever. We're seeing lots of skateboarding footage. You got a B plus in calculus. Now it takes a turn. This is murder. It was an accident. Christian Slater has witnessed a murder. Killed my brother. You're not listening to me. No, you're the one who's not listening. He's got a skateboard at the funeral. They killed my brother. No one knows anything except a kid on a skateboard. Right here, I'm not lying. You gotta hear what it sounds like from where I'm standing. Everybody knows that you're blaming yourself for the way that you died, but I want you to know that your friends they still think about you. Somebody had to shake their tree. You said so yourself. Oh yeah. By the rules. You got your team, I got mine. Uh, put, Christian Slater put together a big skateboarding team. Sometimes, don't we? Chase scenes. Gleaming the cube. Gleaming the cube. Okay. Wow. Wow. Strong nominee there. Strong yeah. Nominee. Okay. That's, yeah. Has so anyone what? seen that of the three of us? No, I've no. four of us. I will no, now, but the, you know, the title. I I know I'm going to get yelled at by some actual skateboarder. But the first time I saw the title, I was like, they just made that up. It's like <laughs> cleaning the cube. It's a skateboard yeah. term. And the yeah. guys in the studio are like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, sounds like one of those like. <laughs> Like That's in the Tom's movie, uh, theory like about flight. The movie Flight. It seems I believe that someone tricked um, Robert Zemeckis in by coming up with drug terminology that doesn't actually exist. Like, and then he was like, "Yeah, yeah, we're putting that in the movie." Yeah, yeah. The guy's like, "Yeah, you should put a cocoa puff. What's that? Oh, it's a, c- a cigarette dipped in cocaine. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, cocoa puff." <laughs> and then then the movie comes out in actual drug users. And drug abusers are um, <laughs> watching the movie and saying, "Like, eh, eh, we call it that." I I like your impression of Robert Zemeckis. Yes, thank you. Check out Saturday Night Live this week. I'm going to be coming on doing my Zemeckis. Tom calls it his Zemeckish. 
yeah. That's his impersonation. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like my I, I do I do hundreds of impressions, but it's the same four guys. Yeah. Like my Ronald Reagan and my Popeye are almost indistinguishable. You know. <laughs> I'm Ronald right. Reagan, and he likes I likes me spinach. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm bringing you up to SNL. That that, that does it. I really when I'm like up there that. Doing my that was great. I can't. I have a doctor's appointment on okay. Tuesday. It'll I'm, have to be some other. You time. have a doctor's appointment on Saturday night at eleven thirty. <laughs> With the with with the with the doctor of com- yeah. the doctors of com- yeah, Doctor Lorne, yeah, Doctor Lorne, <laughs> physician, heal thyself. Mm. Um, all right, all right. Our next nominee is the Rodney Dangerfield vehicle from 1997. Meet Wally Sparks. Meet Wally Sparks. Tom, have you seen this one? I have. You are cordially invited. See, this is going to give you the idea that it's a prestigious celebration. An exclusive event. Yes, I remember seeing this, and I was like, "Well, this is going to be a very fancy." May I affair. have an invitation, sir? Yes, all right, buddy, take that, all right, and get me some grateful partner. <laughs> it's Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> we got a statue that looks sort of like uh, the what David. It looks like the unhappy hour. You come here often? Talking to a statue. Don't worry, honey. I'm not making a play for you. How do I want this guy? Look. He uh, broke the penis off of the other statue. Yes. And he's trying to put it back on. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this whole trailer just him fussing with the statue's cock? More or less. Now he puts it in his pocket. <laughs> puts it in his pocket. Like now David Ogden steers. You don't know how excited I am to meet you. <laughs> well, now the meet Wally Sparks. They they gave us one of the set pieces in full. They were yeah. They that was a very straightforward trailer, and that they were like, Radical if you choice. like this, radical choice. Yeah. Yes, you'd almost think they watched the entire movie and realized. This is the only scene that kind of works. <laughs> if you take the two dick jokes and put them together, what's the running time? About a minute. Okay, yeah. we're good. We're great. That sounds like yeah. a trailer to me. And it's also <laughs> great to see that they got uh, Gleaming the Cube had Ed Lauder, Stephen Bauer, I think, was in the trailer for that. And I do believe that was Carl Malden. Am I am I wrong about that? Didn't that seem like Carl Malden? That looked for, like him. I'll double check. Yeah. If it was probably nice to know he bought a car because of his two days on Gleaming the Cube. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie says we don't have any of those people, but we do have David Ogden Steers. Oh, you know what, Tom? Uh it was it was the actor Richard Hurd, but it says here he bears a striking resemblance to actor oh, Carl okay. Malden. The second line in, sure. his, in his bio here, yeah. Who okay. who is Richard Ogden Steers? David Ogden Steers is from Winchester, from Mash. Oh my god! Also a January uh, movie. Yeah, well, not yes. he was not anywhere near that. And the voice of the cuckoo clock in Beauty and the Beast. Oh really? If it's not Baroque, don't fix it. That guy. That's funny. So I, yeah, so it's great to see these these reputable yeah. people grabbing a little January movie cash. Absolutely. Our last nominee here uh, is the movie Debs from two thousand four. Uh, I'm going to show you just a little bit of it for the sake of time, uh, but here is the trailer for Debs. Oh, I can't watch this. This is PG thirteen. 
You can handle it. I your won't tell your mommy. Mother mother deep within a college exam is a secret test. It measures a student's innate ability to lie, cheat, fight, and destroy. Those who score well are recruited into a secret paramilitary university. Some call them seductresses. Some call them spies. Fools call them innocent. They call themselves Debs. It's a trap. Whatever. Eight. I like Did you this. really fight Lucy Diamond? Like Does she still have her hand? Yes. She still has both of her hands. Max. Dominique. Come on, Dominique, five minutes. The new boy's allowed upstairs. Janet. You look nice. Thanks. What are you doing? Um, nothing. Dominique. Coffee. Black. You need to speak English or French. Fringlish is not a language. And Lucy Diamond. Dem's en route two minutes. Don't look okay. This is retarded. Now. You're gonna get that in a trailer. Apprehend the suspect. Recover the money. They're on the case. It was almost ahead of its time. This is not the Girl Scouts. This is espionage. Ah! H.T. on the loose. Australia's toast. What's your beef with the Australians? I don't like their attitude. Okay. Samuel Goldwyn Films presents. What's that movie with Jody? And the little dog falls in the well with the lotion. Silence of the lamb. You're the lamb. What? A killer comedy. All right, let's stop it there. That is yeah. the trailer for Debs. Well, it's great to see that what's his face from uh, It's Always Sunny is in this. Which the, one, Glenn Howerton? No, no the 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 goofball who got Charlie uh, Day. Jimmy Simpson, I think. Maybe. Jimmy Simpson, yes, he's in. And it's also nice that this is clearly the world's most attractive school that's <laughs> ever existed. It's like the most perfect humans. They wouldn't be in the same state mathematically. People looking that good, let alone at the same school. I. If we're going first, I'm voting for Debs because I am into that. I okay. have never seen it, but it looks like this sort of queer coded 90s. Like, I, I know we're talking about Spice World later. It kind of reminds mm. me of that. And then there's a little bit of like bound and the craft and, the, you know, it is like impressively diverse mm -hmm. uh i i'm i'm into it i well, was intrigued cl cl clearly though vote. julie you're it's you're missing there was a ronnie dangerfield movie where he has a <laughs> uh a penis statue in his pocket he's, is, he's, that, he's, is that is that not also He's sticking it to the swells, you know. Yeah. Is, hey, oh my God, the swells! I think of swells. Judy Garland and Fred Astaire at Eastern Parade singing. We're a couple of swells. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'll go also with Debs, though. I believe Debs is the is the ticket. That's what I go with because it's actually like a good trailer. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Holland Taylor. Yeah. Miss, Holland Taylor's Mrs. in Holland's, it. Mrs. Holland's opus. It should be called. I'm going to give this category to Debs then. Uh, three votes. You got it. That's how you do a January trailer. People need to be woken from their slumber and get them back in the movies. That's how you mm -hmm. do it. So congratulations, Debs. You win best trailer. Best trailer just out of, the out of curiosity, Oscars. in regards to Wally Sparks, how far away was Mr. Dangerfield from? from death when he did that he still had a um, ways to go this oh, was like okay. this was the follow-up this, this was like this is the first Killers ones that went away just like didn't go they went off the rails for him being like a 
Yeah. Like ladybugs and then this, I believe, might have been the order. So Natural Born Killers was like a couple was, of years after. I think Natural Born Killers was right around the corner from this. Yeah. When they were like, I remember the George Hamilton talk show and Rodney Dangerfield was a mm-hmm. guest and he came on and George Hamilton was like, I'm hearing a lot of Oscar buzz about you in uh, Natural Born Killers. <laughs> and I was always like, there's no Oscar buzz. That just seemed like something that Rodney Dangerfield's people asked him to say, and maybe that it would create Oscar buzz. Right. Um, yeah. Well, congratulations to Debs. Congratulations, Debs. Next up, this is a pretty uh, marquee category here. Best horror movie. Uh, as, as, as Matt was saying earlier, that's another genre you see a lot in January is horror movies, sometimes low budget horror movies being being rolled out. Um, and uh, we've got uh, six nominees here. Pretty, pretty stacked category. Um, we've got uh, David Cronenberg's Scanners, David Cronenberg's uh, Scanners. Um, we've got uh, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, the Tales from the Crypt movie. Uh, we've got uh, Eli Roth's Hostel. Hostel. Uh, we have uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, uh, Leprechaun, Leprechaun. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, it's getting its second nomination, Megan, mm, yes. 2023's Megan on mm-hmm. here. Uh, so a pretty, pretty competitive category here. Julie, Julie, what are you thinking? I really like scanners, but I'm going to vote for Henry portrait of a serial killer. And not just because it's one of my favorite punchlines to anything I ever talk about, Mm -hmm. but because I've seen it fairly recently and it was so, you know, when you see a movie and you're like, I've never seen anything like that. And it Mm -hmm. really affected me in a way that not a lot of things, um, have i just think there's nothing like it it is completely remarkable and absolutely disturbing obviously but um that's uh that's my uh honest vote okay henry portrait of a serial killer for julie that movie's too much for me (laughs) hostile repulses me Tales from the Crypt, I have personal reasons against the entire franchise. Yeah, why, how did he get into this category of the first place? I'm gonna have Brett? to look I'm gonna have to look into this uh because there were some also <laughs> some some pretty surprising omissions, you know, some snubs on this list. Matt, just so you know, we had John Cassier on this show and he was so mean to us. He plays the Crypt Keeper and he called Julie, he said ch- he called her Chucky. Because I have red, red hair. hair. And then he like tried to walk it back by like yeah. quasi flirting with me. But then he also like we were interviewing him, but he got really defensive about us interrupting him. And he was like, well, if you'd let me finish. When all he was doing was interrupting <laughs> us anytime and he, we'd ask anything. And he then he talked for 40 minutes. a simple minutes. question like, what do you like on your pizza? He, he, he took it. To, he, we got we got a TED talk off of the question. What do you like on your pizza? A full TED talk. Um, and he was like, my, my family were great pizza makers. You know, like, mm-hmm. there's a very important to have fresh yeah. cheese. And- yeah. You're like, okay, cheese, fresh cheese, eh? Let me write that down. Um, so. And this was after he stood us up because this is the second. Yeah. Oh, and it yeah. was actually kind of the third time because we had Brett pay to write him on Cameo. Mm-hmm. That money went down the toilet. Took and then we year. booked him and he didn't show up. And then he did and he was mean to us. Yeah, he was mean. So that's why uh, Tales from Demon Knight is not going to get my vote. Scanners, never liked Scanners. Um, 
Do you like any Cronenberg? I'm not a huge David Cronenberg fan. Just not. It's, fun- it's funny that he's Body Canadian. horror is not my thing. You, you got to admit how funny it is Austin that he's Power like a said, Canadian guy and he's he like, said, what if nipples had nipples? Yeah. And I'm just like, no, you, I'm like okay. let me know. How you, let me know what you figure out with that. I'll, I like the gonna... brood. The brood I've seen recently. Okay. I really liked his, mm-hmm. his, son's in, his son's in the game now too, right? Uh, yeah. The, the game. His son is in the game now. Um, <laughs> Leprechaun, of course, I'm rooting for him to get. He wants me gold. Uh, <laughs> I support him in that quest. I will he not be giving gold, him the but vote. Ali G wants me Julie. He wants me Julie. I will be giving. I, I saw a January horror movie in January. I just, I'm going to keep my streak alive. I'm sticking with Megan. Megan. Tom nominates Megan. Matt, what do you got? I think my heart belongs to Scanners. I could sing that, but I I don't want to hurt any of you. Yes, no, that's that's my favorite Tony Bennett song. Well, it's just you know, if anything, it gave me like a go-to metaphor for any time I absorb knowledge that you know changed my mind about something. It's you know, the exploding head is. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not sure Twitter would exist without the exploding head. For those of you who don't know, there's a ver- the the gif of the exploding head is from scanners yes. one of those iconic moments mm-hmm. um and matt what do you think about cronenberger are you a fan or is this your favorite one of his it's not my favorite one but it's it's i think it might be the first one that i saw okay. like on hbo as a kid or something and i just remember because my friends were all talking about it because it you know a guy's head blew up in it mm-hmm. and i and i felt like i need to see this i need to see i need to be in the conversation as they say but uh yeah no pretty, I love- pretty early in the movie too like in the first yeah. 10 minutes yeah and i gotta respect that too like you know that's on the poster and you, usually when something's on the poster they make you wait for the whole movie to see it mm-hmm. and here he's like welcome to scanners <laughs> you know I, I i remember my favorite cronenberg movie uh video drone mm. oh my god that's a great one with my Debbie favorite Harry. fly. I like the fly. I like the fly because it's oh, it, the fly's it's good too. Romantic, in addition to be being unbelievably gory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, I've got. I'm here to just moderate uh, what I'm hearing, and so in that sense, I believe I've got to go with Scanners for best horror movie. Two out of three votes, and they make a hell of a case for it. Brad, I think you're scanners. weighing. Brad, I bet you're weighing in too because you like Scanners. Uh, I like Scanners. I like Cronenberg. Dead Ringers is is probably my favorite. All the video drum is amazing um, uh, as well. Um, I liked Megan a lot. Tom, you made a, you make a good case for it. Oh look, I, I'm not, I'm not I'm not a producer on Megan. I just saw the movie. You could do whatever you want. Scanners, congratulations! Best horror movie at the January Oscars. Uh, and let's move on to the, uh, actually before we move on to the next category, does anybody have an honorary award they want to hand out? Anybody have an honorary award? I'd like to give an honorary award, uh, for a January movie, the taking my life into my own hands award. I will give to the movie Biodome because it came out in a January during a snowstorm on the East coast. I got in my car drove to the theater and risked life and limb to see Paulie Shore and Stephen Baldwin, Stephen, Stephen Baldwin, Stephen Baldwin and Kylie Minogue, I believe is in there. Really? Oh, it was a 
uh, Joey Lauren Adams is in it. Um, who else is in that? I think we might have a Kylie Minogue in there also. Um, That's awesome. But I risked life and limb to drive in treacherous New Jersey uh, <laughs> blizzard conditions to see Biodome in a theater. So that gets my num. That's my honorary uh, award for that. Congrats, Biodome. Uh, come up and get your honorary award. And uh, Tom is, of course, right. Kylie Minogue uh, plays one of the doctors in the Biodome. No, uh, she plays a doctor. That's awesome. Uh, Patty Hearst is also in this movie uh, as um, as Stephen Baldwin's mom. Joey Lauren Adams is in it. Uh, congratulations, Taylor Negron. Congratulations to Biodome. Uh, and speaking of Biodome, uh, they are a nominee in our next category, Best Buddies, the Best Buddies category. Uh, that's another common thing you see in January. A lot of, a lot of buddy movies, a lot mm-hmm. of sort of buddy duo movies. Uh, and the nominations in this category are, uh, first of all, we've got Donald Sutherland and Elliot Gould in the classic movie MASH. Mm-hmm. MASH. Uh, then we've got uh, Pauly Shore and Stephen Baldwin in Biodome. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery and Norman Reedus in the movie Boondock Saints. Boondock mm-hmm. Saints, uh, a movie that you'll see posters of in dorm rooms all over the place. Uh, kind of one of those movies. Uh, made, by tr- made by Troy... Troy Miller? Duffy. Troy Duffy. Troy and Duffy. If, Troy Duffy. And if you are a college student going into your dorm room and your roommate beat you in early and he has a boom, or she has a, or they have a Boondock Saints poster hanging on the wall, go to the admissions desk and withdraw from the school. Get a new roommate. Oh, that, or yeah, no, leave school. the school. Just leave the school. Leave your stuff in the dorm room or in the hallway and just leave the campus. Leave the campus. Uh, and then next uh, nominee is uh, Sinbad and Phil Hartman in the movie House Guest. Sinbad and Phil Hartman in House Guest. Mm. Uh, and finally, we've got uh, Anthony Michael Hall and uh, Norm is the character's name in a movie called A Gnome Named Norm. A Gnome Named Norm. Uh, are you guys familiar with this movie from uh, no, 1992? No. G- G-N-O. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I figured that would be the least uh, recognizable. So let me let me throw up a quick clip from A Gnome Named Norm. It's sort of a, a cop has to team up with a, a gnome from outer space to is solve it Chris- some problems. Is it Christmas? Is it Christmas again? It that this movie God. is like a Christmas present, yes. As you're as <laughs> as you're going through it, I'm. Oh. Oh God. Oh God. He's sitting no. in a car, and the gnome is eating a burger. Oh, <laughs> this seems disturbing nice and sad to me. Now this is my favorite Cronenberg movie, actually. This one. He directed it under the Yeah, that's actually uh, his hand. That face belongs to the end of his arm. Okay, you people. Now, what were you talking about here? Just what are you? Not tell. Oh, not tell, huh? You, not tell. Oh, me, not tell. You mean I keep a secret? Spit. Spit on word. I can't, I can't, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to look away, guys. Yeah, this is rough. This is, this tri- is this like triangle sadness? Is this look, hygienically, like? this is a bad idea. I got to tell you that. This is very similar to watching Triangle of Sadness. All right, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay did, Brett, turn, please turn. Did yeah. they just Quote. borrow like one of the one of the discarded geflings from the Dark Crystal for the for the gnome? I don't know That's what's what happening. Like, it <laughs> like, like it's very disturbing looking. Out of the Henson trash can. 
Um, yeah, it's from the John Henson workshop. <laughs> John Henson of Providence wrote a talk on. soup and oh, is he? Is he from Rhodey? Coffee milk? Oh, I was just imagining some other John Henson. Oh, that oh him. Oh, yeah. I forgot about, about the uh, queerest talk folk soup guy. talk soup. Well, thank you for that. A, a cooking competition show a few days ago. I didn't realize he did that as well. Good was, for him. He was intense. He was I very would, intense. I would throw someone in front of a car for that job <laughs> uh, at this point. Uh, well, thank <laughs> you for you the think, for the Tom? gnome trailer. Brian. Oh, sure. Yeah, that was a gnome named Norm. I uh, don't like its chances in this category based on those responses. But let's see what let's see what our panel is thinking about the best buddies category. Well, I will say that if it's just based on best poster, House Guest is shoe in because it's one of, if not the best poster for a movie I've ever seen in my life. The dog in the lower right hand corner, Sinbad's head coming out of a mailbox, the flag on the mailbox indicating that there is mail. But <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I have to go with MASH <laughs> because I just do. Tom, what do you got? Oh, um, I agree with Julie. I was torn house guest. I saw that poster and I was like, how did he fit in that mailbox? I kept saying, not he unlike the hold. dog at the bottom right corner of the poster. Mm -hmm. He's saying, how did he fit in that mailbox? But ultimately, Donald Sutherland, Elliot Gould, who I will be seeing next week uh, at yep. a... Uh, Screening of the long goodbye. I'm very excited. Elliot Gould will be in attendance. Uh, I got. I will go with Mash because it's, mm. it's it, it, truthfully, it's that's my truthful choice. I don't think this is a very competitive category, yeah. so I'm also going to go with Mash. But I'll also say I love I love Ellie Gould and Donald Sutherland, and I I've never met uh, Donald Sutherland, but I have tremendous affection for him just based on the fact that one of my brothers was shopping at Amoeba in Los Angeles when mm -hmm. they when they still had laser discs and he was about to grab the dirty dozen and another hand came in and took it first and he looked up and it was Donald Sutherland. Wow. And, and he and he he was like stunned. He was like, oh my God, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? And Donald Sutherland had one of those, I guess celebrities have that moment where it's like, yes, I've been recognized. Now I have to deal mm -hmm. with it. And he smiled and he and he held up the laser disc and he said, I've heard that Sutherland kid is all right in this. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's very funny. That's great. Well, the panel has spoken, and you know, the January Oscars, it's about, you know, it's not about, uh, you know, uh, necessarily fancy movies, critically acclaimed movies, it's about going with your gut and just liking what you like. Mm -hmm. And in a big upset, this award goes to Sinbad and Phil Hartman and House Guests. <laughs> okay, get on up Brad. here. Get on up Get on up here, here Sinbad and Phil Hartman. Well, he can't. He's stuck in the mailbox. He said a rigged. category ago that he has nothing to do rigged. with who wins. Rigged. It's rigged, yes. It's I'm Steve. just reading the tea leaves, and I saw House Guest. And we need an upset. We need an upset somewhere in here. Mm -hmm. uh, next up, we've got uh, this is another genre that's pretty common in, in the month of January and, and in no other month. Uh, this next category is a uh, best ski sex comedy, best ski sex comedy. Uh, and the nominees are Hot Dog the Movie from 1984. And these are, of course, movies that take place at ski resorts or ski lodges uh, with a bunch of uh, people and there's sex and, and things like that going on. Uh, best ski sex comedy, Hot Dog the Movie from 1984. Uh, Ski Patrol from 1990 <laughs> and Ski School from 1991. Uh, very competitive category, and you've only got the posters and the titles to go off of here. Um, 
What what is our panel thinking about best ski sex comedy? Uh, I'm gonna say hot dog because it is the one that doesn't have the word ski in the title, yeah. and um and dogs like hot dogs. And if mm. I if I were near a dog right now, I would give him one. Mm -hmm. And also, it doesn't have that gross like disembodied legs uh, that that are that I, I forget what the name of that trope is. Mm -hmm. That is just women from the waist down with their friggin' legs open from behind and all the action is happening. Uh, and then the, the third poster is a guy just smashed into a pole. So I'm going to go with the one that doesn't have either but, one of that. Uh, Julie, I'm just going to say, zoom in on that ski patrol poster. All right, one second. Please, Brett. Oh, yeah, one second. Yeah, let me uh, zoom right Which on Which one in. is the ski patrol? That's on the far right? The one of the guy on the pole uh, <laughs> smashed into the pole? Yeah, what's going on mm -hmm. there? Who's behind the guy? Is that a beaver? Appears to be some sort of dog on skis. I'm going with ski patrol. <laughs> looks okay. like a sad. Looks like a sad Paddington. There's a dog on skis wearing a Sandy hat. <laughs> going with ski patrol. Fair. All right, this is a Tough tight but fair. competitive category so far. Um, and really quick before Matt weighs in, I, I wanted to point out that the the taglines for these movies, because the tagline always comes into play here. Uh, ski school is the hottest action ever to hit the slopes. Kay. Hot dog. The movie is there's more to do in snow than ski. Hmm. And uh -oh. ski patrol is a comedy with flakes. Hmm. What? That last one was because it's okay. I, I, I would wager that it's because many of the characters in that film are unreliable. I would say they're unreliable. <laughs> yeah, that's a, what I would surmise. You they know. keep making plans and like ghosting hmm. each other. It's great. It's a great comedy. You're gonna love it. So fucking hot. So sexy. <laughs> so sexy with nobody has a day book. That's what that's what really puts it over the top is. I thought Jeff Flake was in it. <laughs> oh god. I, I'm gonna go with Hot Dog the movie just because uh, I had a friend in college who I have no idea why, but every now and then he would apropos of nothing. Had nothing to do with anything. He would just chuckle to himself. Then he would say, hot dog the movie, as opposed to <laughs> hot dog the entree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this continued for years. I never understood why. Why this particular fixation? But so anyway, soft spot in my heart for hot dog the movie. Also, well, I think Inception, I think Inception would have been a better movie if instead of, you know, the stuff with the ski chalet, instead of it being like a James Bond on Her Majesty's Secret Service, it had been more like a ski mm. patrol. <laughs> you know, it's like mm. a super serious science fiction movie. But whenever they cut to that part, it's, you know, it's hot dog the movie. That's a great mm -hmm. idea. Well, that seals it. Uh, hot dog the movie. You win best ski sex comedy at the January Oscars. Come on up and get your award. Hot dog the movie. Okay. Hot dog the movie. Uh, Brett, we got Brett, before yes. we move on, yes. Ski Patrol poster. We zoomed in on the dog. Mm -hmm. Zoom in on the top left corner of the Ski Patrol yeah, poster, real, real please. Quick, quick, Computer yeah. enhanced. Computer enhanced. Thank you. The Brettron 3000. What is um, this poster? What kind of secrets does it hold? <laughs> it's... Let me get a little closer. <laughs> National Treasure 4 is about Julie, decoding. What do you see on that top? What do you see on that branch? Is that a squirrel playing a tiny lute? What is that? <laughs> it looks like either a squirrel or a skunk. Playing a guitar? Or, or, or is, he, is that a diploma? What is that? 
I don't know. I'm not allowed to watch Skate Patrol. My mom flipped out <laughs> when I tried to you even have to suggest pay. You have to pay watching to it. You to find out the answer Is to that. that a butter yeah. churn? Look at these. There's a squirrel with, there's a nut. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of my choice. Okay. It's too late he, to change your choice, a, Brett. Yeah, sorry. The award's already been, uh, oh. Oh wait! Wait a second here. Oh, don't moonlight! He's wait moonlighting. A he's doing a this. he's doing a moonlight. You know what? Yeah. It, these titles are so similar. I uh -huh. read it wrong. Uh, yeah. It's uh, actually this award was supposed to go to Ski Patrol. Ski Patrol. I'm so sorry, Hot Dog the movie. You're gonna have to hand that back. Mm. Hand that back, and we're gonna give it to Ski Patrol. Thank you. Just well, give well, them time to get up here on stage. We're all winners. I think, said, I think that is actually. I think what's actually happening on that branch is the squirrel. Has a has a an acorn there, mm -hmm. but I, I think he's reading a scroll declaring to the acorn that it is in fact an acorn. That's my read <laughs> yeah, on it. He's... Sounds like a like great he movie. No, he wants it to know what it is. It's kind of a philosophical touch in the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, it's known for that. Sounds like a classic. All I right, like to see it on HBO at two p.m. Congratulations, Ski Patrol! You win best ski sex comedy. Uh, and before we got three categories left here, including best picture, uh, do we have any more honorary awards to hand out? Any more honorary awards to hand out? Yeah, I want to give I want to give Liam Neeson an award for single handedly convincing every you know remotely physically in shape man over the age of fifty five that he can be an action star now. Mm -hmm. Because Taken came out, and then in January has been Liam Neeson month for quite a long time. It's only recently yes. that he that he eased off that you know one January movie per year schedule mm -hmm. that he was on and uh the influence of that cannot ever you know fade probably i didn't even sean penn do one of those one of those oh i'm sure movies. he did one of those i'm you know I, I i could subscribe to aarp but i could still kick your ass movie. i mean is that harrison ford i think deserves a little bit of credit for that too right he does mm -hmm. he does That's but liam true. neeson definitely has that uh, put upon quality to him. <laughs> he does. He yeah. does. He does. I like his. He's such an oak tree of a guy. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Actually kind of. He's like. I, I don't know anybody else like that who's so funny without seeming to even know that he is. Mm -hmm. They've gotten a lot of mileage out of that. Well, Liam Neeson on extras is a great clip. Congrats, Liam Neeson. Uh, you, have, you just got an honorary award at the January Oscars. And uh, coming up next, our next category. Uh, best fashion statement, best fashion statement. Um, and this is this is going to be a competitive category. So we're looking at uh, characters in movies that uh, had really distinct fashion, uh, distinct looks. Um, and the nominees, the nominees. Do I are... see the January man? Yep. yep. Kevin we Klein do have, is the January man. Had to include, I mean, had to include uh, a first nominee, Kevin Klein and the January man. Mm -hmm. The January man, uh, which did come out in January. Uh, and he's doing a sort of all black ensemble with a with a scarf. Um, yeah, but honestly, respectfully, Brett, I have just have to interrupt you because I feel like this look, there there's some layering. There are some long, lean lines, like he's doing some trench coat, like, you know, cop stuff but also kind of downtown. Um, it's definitely like a good New York City movie, like late 80s, early 90s kind of feel. Um, I think the star of this is Kevin Klein's mustache. I think mm -hmm. his mustache mm -hmm. game around this time, I think this is like right after Fish Called Wanda, is just uh, not, not to be vulgar, but just like 
knee knockingly like working Mm -hmm. and his sort of long hair like Kevin Klein during this era was just oh Mm -hmm. my god he was so Mm -hmm. handsome and sexy and in addition to Kevin Klein uh, speaking of uh, a long hair look we got Kevin Bacon in Tremors uh, sort of a longish hair Kevin Bacon doing a Mm -hmm. sort of western look uh, lots of uh, denim and flannel uh, and boots. Uh, we've got uh, Ann Magnuson in Cabin Boy. Ann Magnuson in Cabin Boy, uh, looking a- incredible. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, my memory is failing me. What's what's uh, her character's name in Cabin Boy? She's the uh, she's the wife of the giant. Mm-hmm. So sort of mythological character yes. uh, with this sort of blue uh, skin, uh, mm-hmm. predating Avatar. Uh, a lot of like flowing silk. Callie. Callie, uh, looking uh, incredible. Uh, we've got a Ginger Spice in Spice World, rocking her classic uh, Union Jack uh, mini dress there mm-hmm. in Spice World. Uh, and we've got Samuel L. Jackson in Glass. In Glass, uh, of course, he also played this character on Bra- in Unbreakable. But in Glass, he's really going all in with a sort of um, like a sort of uh, uh, a purple gradient uh, suit, uh, monogrammed. Um, Pendant, uh, just looks I don't know incredible. if it's gradient. It looks more like iridescent to me. I have to look okay, this yeah. up because this is yeah. an incredible look. It's it's sort of multiple colors though. It sort of looks it's like, like it yeah. changes in the light. Kind it's kind of like iridescent. the dress. It's, iridescent. it's like the dress. Like that jacket's made of the dress. <laughs> Remember the dress? <laughs> is it, were you were you a blue and black or were you a white and gold? Blue and black. Interesting. Yeah, it's iridescent. So what is really, your, really your guess? So your suit. pick then, Julie, is Kevin Klein, or no? I was just saying about how sexy he is. I, mm-hmm. I, I would have to. Ch- I mean, between Ginger Spice and Ed Magnuson, and Kevin Klein for that matter, it's, it's absolutely excruciating. But I have to go with Ann Magnuson because she's. I mean, she's first of all, she was on the show. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, I can stop talking now. Yeah. I'm but seconding also, that also. Icon. I'm seconding that. It's Ann Magnuson as a friend of Double Threat. Matt, you should know if you are ever nominated for something in a future January Oscars or anything else, you will have an advantage over all the other nominees. Yeah, it's called loyalty. You well, you know, far be it for me to get in the middle of that. So I'm going to go with Ann Magnuson. Look at that. Amazing. Well, look at that. And this award, of course, then goes to Ann Magnuson, looking incredible in Cabin Boy. Congratulations, Ann Magnuson. You win the January Oscar for Best and Fashion may, Statement. And may I say, I've never seen Ann Magnuson in anything where she didn't look absolutely incredibly, show-stoppingly fabulous, gorgeous, fashionable, chic, um, and I saw. I know that you saw Lair of the White Worm recently, Brett. Don't oh, yeah. you think that would have been a great role for her? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think she would have crushed that. Yes. Um, yes. Um, uh, so she's everything, and we love her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so congrats, Ann Magnuson. The next now we're getting into the, into the top two categories here. The top two Ooh. categories. Um, mm-hmm. This next one, oh boy, this is this is going to be competitive. This is best individual performance, best individual performance in a January movie, and I don't even know how how you're going to uh, pick between these great performances. I don't know. We've got Francis McDormand in Blood Simple, the Coen Brothers' uh, first feature yes. film, Blood Simple. Yes. Francis McDormand in Blood Simple. We've got Ju- Julie Delpy in Before Sunrise. Julie Delpy in Before Sunrise. 
Uh, Ethan Hawke was not nominated for this category, but he is very supportive of Julie Delpy. You can see him there sitting next to her, okay. clapping uh, as she is um, being recognized for this nomination. Uh, Brad Pitt in 12 Monkeys, Terry Gilliam's 12 Monkeys, uh, Brad Pitt. Um, this was tough to choose anybody, uh, just tough to choose one person, but uh, Parker Posey in Waiting for Guffman, a great, that great ensemble uh, movie, but Parker Posey got the nomination for Best Individual Performance. And then uh, last but not least, Brian Cox. Brian Cox in L.I.E., uh, a great indie film, L.I.E. Um, he plays a pretty bad guy in this, like he did in uh, Manhunter and Succession and elsewhere, but damn, he's good at it. So that's Brian Cox in L.I.E., and those are your nominations for Best Individual Performance. Wow, this is so hard. I was deciding between Parker Posey and Francis McDormand, and I'm going to go with Francis McDormand because I, well, because I think she needs another award, first of all. Mm. Um, I, I'm just being silly. I think that this as sort of her debut in this noir role is so exciting to see as an origin story in a way for her career and how she does that kind of traditional role in her a traditional way is so interesting and exciting and especially when you know you know based on everything she's done since like what's what's coming what she decided to bring to it hmm i'm then on the other hand sorry one sorry one more thing then on the other hand parker posey and waiting for guffman you have her waving the smoke on that one chicken wing on that big grill so this was not easy this was not easy at all parker poser is so funny in that movie she's amazing she's amazing it's like a sharpshooter act she's like friggin' annie oakley in waiting for guffman should i change my vote i think i might yeah let me hear what you two have to say i might have to change my vote i was thinking of voting initially for brian cox in dukes of hazard uh, leaning on the, <laughs> he's leaning on the General Lee. He was clearly playing Uncle Jesse. Um, but no, I'm not going to go with him. I don't him. remember this. Yeah, well, you should see more that- movies, Matt. Matt, you got to get out more. <laughs> you can't just see. Uh, Wait a minute. You can't just see these Dutch movies. Every Matt once in a while, you need TikToks to see, and Dutch movies. You need to see something That's made all. in the U.S. of A. Um, I like a real American. Yeah, support our economy and I'm going to support our economy by uh, supporting a, a, uh, a, a, I believe shot in Texas blood simple. Mm-hmm. Let's go. With, yeah. uh, we'll go with Francis McDormand and blood simple. It's uh, the, the beginning of a, of a filmography that has changed my life. So mm-hmm. wouldn't have been possible well without, the Coens without Blood Simple and obviously without Frances McDormand. She is incredible in that. And she, she would be my pick as well. And, but you know, for the fun, sheer fun factor, Parker Posey, but Frances McDormand, I don't know if anybody really understood what she was going to give to movies Mm -hmm. based on that performance. It's very subtle. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I can't even make a joke about it. Yeah. Because there are those sort of, it's funny, like the 80s have these womanly blondes. They're not girls. They're I'd say womanly because they have an adultness quality to them. And there's a gravitas to what they're doing. But um, she plays it completely straight. I mean, it is almost like that, that you know, Barbara Stanwyck-y kind of thing. But then she, um, 
but she can do so much more and and her and her choices are so much stranger and when she does decide to be kind of like evil in that movie or when she makes some bad choices her characters making bad choices is so interesting yeah mm-hmm. and matt you should also consider trying gravitas for that rash that you deal with is another <laughs> it's over the counter at this point i don't so. think I, I wasn't aware that the fda had actually approved no it's it. over the counter oh now. they have it they you have not over the counter means behind the behind the store in the alley yes it's way <laughs> over, over the, counter the counter and back out the front door around the side yeah. of the building <laughs> And next to the dumpster. It's approved by Fred's Drug Administration. Yes, except for, yes, the FDA. Um, <laughs> well, the panel has spoken, uh, and I believe this award is going to go to Francis McDormand oh, and Blood Simple. Yes, Congratulations, well Francis McDormand. Right. Come on up and get your January Oscar. And before we get to the final category, which is, of course, Best Picture, uh, do we have any more honorary uh, awards to hand out? Uh, Julie, did you have any, I, any I wrote awards? a song about Kevin Klein's mustache, but it's too filthy to recite. Okay. <laughs> well, Kevin Klein's mustache, you get an honorary award. You get an honorary Oscar. Uh, and I re- very quickly wanted to hand out an honorary Oscar of my it was own. Set to the, it was set to the tune of Riders on the Storm. It was called Riders on the Stash. It's not nice. It's not clean. It's not family friendly. And I will not perform it. But it sounds classy. <laughs> you sound like you really don't want us to beg you to perform ah! it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move we'll move things right along congratulations kevin klein's mustache uh and i wanted to give an honorary award to a uh, uh, best performance against the background of a harry nielsen song best performance against the background of a harry nielsen song and this is going to go to my guy ray winstone in the movie 44 inch chest which is an underseen movie uh ray winstone the opening scene is uh is has harry nielsen's without you and Ray is just doing his damn thing like he always does. So congratulations, Ray Winstone, Kevin Klein's mustache, and all the honorary Oscar, uh, Oscar Award winners tonight here at the January Oscars. Our last category, Best Picture. Best Picture. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. How do and we the even... nominees are? The nominees are 1970s MASH. Really kicked off this whole January, uh, January uh, uh, Oscars thing. Uh, MASH in 1970, Blood Simple, the Coen Brothers' Blood Simple from 1985, Cabin Boy, classic uh, comedy Cabin Boy from 1994, Waiting for Guffman, Waiting for Guffman from 1997, and this year's, so far shut out, this year's Megan. Megan, those are your five nominees for Best Picture at the January Oscars. Panel, take it away. I I cannot decide between cabin boy and waiting for guffman because both of these movies made me who i am i cannot be who i am without these two movies and the and and a lot of that is because of the age i was when i saw them both in the theater and how much they influenced my comedy my sense of place in like terms of their weirdness or their queerness or their sense of like uh, how things can be made or what can actually be done or how comedy can make you feel. Mm. Um, so um, I, I cannot decide between the two of them. And as I did before in such a cowardly way, I would like to hear the other two okay, opinions okay. before I cast my vote. Okay, here we go. Megan loved it in the theater. New, new 
the the latest addition to the to the to the genre not gonna give it it's not it's not gonna make the cut for it waiting for guffman yeah i can Guff, it's not your favorite not my favorite christopher guest not my favorite hmm. uh he punches down too much punches down too much this is the first this is the only one where he doesn't punch down so much actually in a strange way he, but you but, like spinal tap though yeah actually that's a rob reiner movie i know but actually. i'm uh, <laughs> Christopher Guest was an actor in a Rob Reiner movie called This Is Spinal Tap. It's also not called Spinal Tap. It's called This Is Tom's Spinal never Tap. done this, by the I'm way. Only, I'm only this. doing this for He's comedic effect. I never, ever do this to anyone. He's literally um, never done this. No. Julie and I actually have a movie now coming out called Love Actually, and it's me correcting her. I'm saying actually a whole lot. She talks about what she loves, and I say actually, this is why you're wrong or wrong. slightly incorrect by a millimeter. Um, People love that, though. They love women when you say actually. Women, yeah. When they hear, everyone loves it, Julie. Everyone loves hearing actually. <laughs> being corrected again. Actually, everyone loves it, Julie. Um, cabin Boy means so much to me and for so many reasons in terms of Chris Elliott is one of the uh one of the architects of of who I am and this is his 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 movie Adam Resnick I love to death Blood Simple as I mentioned earlier Cohen's means so much same with MASH we don't get no. We don't get no Nashville without Mash uh, blowing up the way. We don't get no long goodbye. We don't get but, no California split. If he didn't break the bank with, if Mash yeah. didn't make so much money, we wouldn't have gotten any of those movies. Very true. Very. But true. it's not. But it's not Nashville. But it's not. And that's exactly uh, you. Just that's uh, it. Julie, you just forgot to say one word. Actually. Actually, it's not. And Nashville. same thing with. Blood well, simple. You're 100 percent right. That's why I'm going with Cabin Boy. <laughs> that was Aristotelian. <laughs> I like how you you really that was amazing. That was a ride. That was a real ride. Thank you. Which means shut <laughs> up. It's a tough choice. This is a real a ride. This is a, this that is was a, a real ride. This is whatever the opposite of Russian roulette is. This is that. No, if anything, that was not the ride. That was the wait to get on the ride is what that was. <laughs> that was the line at the amusement park when it says 70 minutes to get on this ride. Um, no, so I'm saying cabin boy. Well, I think I'm going to go with blood simple. There you go. Just because it's perfect movie. It's the beginning of their career. Mm -hmm. All the performances are great. And uh, it's Texas. And I just, and also it's got one of the great closing scenes I've ever seen in a movie. And I still think like that voice of, of M. Emmett Walsh as, as the detective is like permanently burned into my head ever since I saw that movie when it came out. And I, I, I think so much about that last, I think last exchange where they're in the apartment. She says, I ain't afraid of you, Marty. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't know that it's not Marty. And he says, well, ma'am, if I see him, I'll be sure to give him the message. Yeah. Great. And I think that might have been, I don't remember if it was that movie or another one that made Robert, uh, sorry, made uh, Roger Ebert coin the M. Emmett Walsh rule. What's which that? Is, 
which is any movie with M. Emmett Walsh in it is by definition worth seeing. Wow. Okay. And oh, I've that's great. Figure, I've been trying to figure out like what the exception might be. And so far I haven't come up with anything. Imagine having a character actor who had the privilege of being selective enough to be in something like something that would precipitate that rule. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I guess being able to know. turn down some crappy appear you know appearance on some crappy show or i don't know or maybe it just might have been the universe working out in his favor like you just you know a lot of these i mean you know it's like i i had that with uh i talked to william sanderson's another actor like that and i said how did you end up in so many good movies and tv shows and he's like i don't know mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah you know something about it so what we learned today is that matt thinks everybody needs to see christmas with the cranks an M. Emmett Walsh movie. Anybody joining us late, just know that you you shouldn't judge me. And also, we should all see the Rob Schneider vehicle, Big Stan, because M. Emmett Walsh is also What's in that. that. What's that one? Snow Dogs with Cuba Gooding Jr. That's also a January Cuba. movie. That's a January movie as well, Snow Dogs. You'd never know. Snow Dogs, it sounds like the ultimate January movie. Somehow it almost sounds like um, yeah. like if an AI was going to mm -hmm. come up with these categories, mm -hmm. Snow Dogs would be one of its fake and movies. Matt, Matt and Roger Ebert, I should say, are endorsing these movies. They both feel you should spend your time and money to see The Scorpion King 4. Quest for power. Great subtitle. This is what Ebert said. Is this? Is this? Ebert, is, also, was Ebert? Ebert I, may have been dead. No, was, did Ebert know. die before only, these came out? I'm just <laughs> like you can ring him. You can just ring him up, ask him, Roger. Well, what do you think? Well, yeah. he did have that thing made with his voice. Mm. Remember, and that documentary about him where he was like, "I am talking on the computer." That was it. Well, yes. You know, my first time I visited Ebertfest was the first time I, I met Roger in person after his surgery when he lost yeah. his voice. And he actually used that thing. He demonstrated it. Wow. Um, at, a, at, a, at a presentation, like with an audience. And then I went to see, I went to meet with him privately. And he, I, I said, are you going to use that voice again? And he was like, mm. and he <laughs> yeah, took out a pad and he basically just wrote. Sure. Did you meet so Chaz? What's that? Chaz? Oh, yeah. Well, Chaz is my, Chaz. Are you is friends with Chaz? Partner. She's one of my employers, and she's a lovely, lovely lady. Big Chess heart. School. Yeah. I just want to say one thing about waiting for Guffman before I probably ultimately give it to Cabin Boy, which is that I think the musical theater element of it is very personal to me, and I think Corky St. Clair is very important to me, and it also has the best ever deleted song or deleted scene from a I don't know if it's the best ever deleted scene from anything ever, but it's pretty great, which is a song called This Bulging River from Red, White, and Blaine. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I was talking about this earlier, that the show within the show, Red, White, and Blaine, ends with nothing ever happens on Mars. Yes. And that's the end of the show. And then the balloons come down and they go back and forth in the aisle. Um, that's insane. That's an insane way to end a show. It's just with a callback and it's so cheap and easy. On the DVD, it's really, and it's on YouTube, I'm sure. The deleted song, This Bulging River, is like so good and so amazing. And I think that's how Red, White, and Blaine was supposed to end. The restraint that he 
has, that he had, not leaving it in in order to have a tighter comedy is so incredibly impressive when you see this song. Um, and um, I think about it and quote it all the time and it, it's so important to me, but if I hadn't found Chris Elliott when I did at that age, I, like I said, I just, if without cabin boy, I wouldn't have been drawn to waiting for mm-hmm. Guffman. It's, it's that chronology thing. It's like, it was like, you know, how, SCTV or like a band really changes you and makes you who you are and guides you towards your past. So for that, I will, I will vote for cabin boy because, uh, it was so important to Mm -hmm. me. Well, the panel has spoken and I should add that, uh, we also let our uh, listeners vote on this category. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was a lot of votes for cabin boy, a lot of votes for blood simple, but they ultimately picked waiting for Guffman as their vote. Uh, that's not definitive. They're just part of, you know, part of the panel here. Um, audience went with it waiting for Guffman. Um, Matt, I too voted for, for blood simple in this category. Rewatched it recently. I think it's just, you know, incredibly underrated in the Coen brothers canon. It's so good. Uh, the, the buried alive scene like haunts me to this day. Uh, su- such a, such an incredible movie. Um, but this is double threat presents the January Oscars and perhaps no uh, other movie on this list represents what it, uh, what is great about January movies quite like cabin boy. Uh, it is a month in which uh, the, the studio says, ah, here, this is all the crap. We don't know what to do with, and we don't know. It's not going to make any money. So here you go. Uh, but the studios and all those producers and everybody, they don't, they don't always know what's going on. And there's, there's always hidden gems to look out for in January. And cabin boy is perhaps the, uh, the, the best hidden gem of them all. Mm. Um, and so we got to give best picture to there cabin boy, you, cabin boy at the, at the double threat presents the January Oscars. Come on up here. Come on up. Cabin, cabin boy. Boy, producers, cast, Come on everybody, producers. get them all on. Well, if Burton, we'd have a Denise little note, as we could have gotten Chris and Adam, but they're still returning our emails. Oh yeah, no, we're still friends with them. Yeah, we could have gotten Tim Brett. Burton, producer Tim Burton. It's too bad this is live. It's too oh, yeah. bad this is live. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Chris and Adam, if you're listening, you want to film an acceptance speech? He's not. Uh, he's not. He's, no, not. he's not. Well, it's okay. Crap. Okay. Well, well just next time, just give us a little notice. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll okay. see what we can do. All right. Yes. Um, what a ride. What a ride. That was fun. And that concludes the January Oscars. Congrats to all the winners. Apologies to all the people who didn't win or didn't get nominated. Better luck next time. And January, turns out, is uh, actually a pretty great month for movies. Look at that. Yes. And I want to take uh, this opportunity to thank you, Matt, for coming on the show. This is so much fun. You're incredibly funny, and you're so knowledgeable with all movies and all entertainment. So it's a true thrill to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's really sweet. And... Uh... Or is there anything that we can plug of yours? Do you have anything coming out or things that people should look out for or things that you've already put out that they should buy? Well, what I, the main thing I'd like to tell people is that uh, for the last three years, I've had an online arts bookstore. It's uh, And the address is mzs.press. And we ship 
all over the country and internationally. And it's it, it basically did one thing almost every section of the store has in common is it's about the arts, film, television, music, performing mm -hmm. arts, uh, literary arts, painting, photography, you name it. And we have new books and we have a lot of, I made a point of stocking a lot of used books okay. because I, it's really a mission to try to get these books out to people because it does open your mind. Like the right book at the right time, it really, really opens your mind up. And, and uh, uh, so, you know, the MZS Press is what I would like to plug. And okay. and I think probably if you're as nerdy as any of the people involved in this podcast, there's probably something there that you're going to like. Amazing. Great. We'll put the link. We'll put the link for that in the show notes. Just click on that link. Take a look. Find a book. Find a book for February. Yes. And um, thank you again so much for joining us. And we hope that you like Megan when you finally see her. I don't think I have a choice but to see it because it's been, you know, yeah. some people want to talk to me about it. And I've been remiss as a horror mm -hmm. buff and not having seen it already. So I'm getting to it for sure. Well, it's it's mm -hmm. on it's streaming now and it's twenty dollars, which I didn't realize, which is why I watched the trailer and read the summary and said, I think I'm ready. Mm -hmm. You have that sticker shock reaction. You're like, that looks good. I'm going to rent that. It's like $20. You're like, nope. I, I'm so dumb because I always assume that because it's for rental, it'll be cheaper than in the theater. And I'm a moron mm -hmm. because I'm like, no, it's playing at the same time. And also things are different now. It's still taking me a minute to put that together. Mm -hmm. but, well, well, thank you, going folks. Nowhere. Thank you for having me. It's been really a lot of fun. Thanks thank again, you. Matt. Have a great rest of your January. All right, yes. you too. Okay. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye. Bye. You've got carrot cake on your breath. I can smell it from here. I am happy as a clam. That carrot cake was fantastic. Wow. I was. There's a place in Riverdale, I believe, mm -hmm. that only sells. This is the tell me if you don't think this sounds like the best bakery in the world. And I'll tell you that you're right. They sell two things, red velvet cake and carrot cake. And that's it. Mm. And it's a tiny little spot. And there's like two or three women in it every time I've been in. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of these like, doesn't that sound amazing? Brett, are you there? I I'm I'm barely here because I'm looking for the I'm I'm trying to find the address. For it's this place. it's it's right. You're ticket. just like oh these yeah. are the, they're basically I don't want to say they're witches. Mm -hmm. I love witches. I mean that would be that would be that would be. I uh, love witches too. I don't yeah. know why I said that they weren't. I like carrot cake. I like red velvet cake. I like <laughs> cake. Yeah, anything with a cream cheese frosting is not going to make you sad. Yeah. What would what would you do if someone gave you a cream cheese frosting? You're like, oh, yum, cream cheese frosting. And it had like everything seasoning on it, like everything bagel seasoning. Mm -hmm. What would I do? Figure out what I thought of it after I ate it. <laughs> I'd eat it too. Yeah.
Brett, would you eat that? I'd eat that in a second. In fact, I think I might even like it more because I'm a big fan of like you know sea salt on on sweet this things. guy like likes more sweet savory, sweet savory, oh, sweet the, savory. That's the best. Why would you? Because you know too much of the one, you get a little tired of it after a while. That sweet Trader Joe's mm-hmm. seasoning. The Ugh. Trader Joe's have what if he how about wanted this for to your... Julian. Sorry to cut you off. No, sorry. He wanted to name his son Sandy Salty. <laughs> But thank Christ, he was oh, he was vo- oh, he was voted. And the middle name uh, would be sweet. I wanted it so bad, I included it with two names that I definitely knew Amy would hate. So I thought salty, you know, it might fe- seem yeah. better against the background of two, uh, you know, names that so she didn't like. Brett was like, got, what, Brett vetoed. was like, here are the names I'm thinking of. Foot. Okay. It was like foot, fart, foot, fart, fart or salty. salty. What do you think? And then Sandy's like, "Well, definitely not foot or fart." And then Brett's like, "Oh, we're so close. Here we go. Here we go. She sends you back to the drawing board. You're like, God damn it. Yeah. And I just what changed about- a couple letters, and then we got Sandy. But in <laughs> my mind, it's still Brett? salty. Salty, salty boem. What about this, Brett? Yeah. To have a salty boem, I you ordered have a, a lemon bomb. cello. <laughs> yes. Yep, yep. Yes. That's what I'm saying. A lemon I'm cello. Sorry. You I'm put sorry. the rim. <laughs> That's great. What That's were you saying, Tom? Oh, I was just backing. I was in a panic of that. You, what you were about to say, I got so excited. The idea of a salty boem as a drink. And I just. Here's what uh, I'm thinking. What I started to say was. Because I liked it. I couldn't even put words together. If we take a like a martini glass mm-hmm. and we dip yep. it in everything but the bagel seasoning on the rim oh. and put some limoncello in it, that's, that's a salty boem. That's really salty good. Boem, that's like really it. good. And you know what I will say to everybody getting limoncello from me, or just if you want to get limoncello yourself, it works fantastically in a margarita. If instead of doing the uh, like sour mix in a margarita, you do limoncello, it's incredible. So maybe if I could say a limoncello margarita with everything, uh, everything uh, bagel yeah. seasoning, a salty bowl. Brett's making limoncello for people who don't know. He has a little side project where he Sun makes Valley some limoncello, yeah. the most exclusive limoncello and, in the world. And honestly, I don't know what's more intense, his limoncello or his <laughs> neglect for his son. Oh, according to the uh, according to the I robots. Know, I'm just quoting them, quoting oh, no. the, the Megan. We have our own Megan. I don't feel that way. Julie doesn't feel that way. Robots do feel that way. It's you, our Megan. If you haven't heard last week's script. episode, make sure you listen to it. It's the AI episode, which was fairly brutal. Make sure to follow us at Double Threat Pod on social media, mm-hmm. where you can see all sorts of clips from the show. Yeah. Hey, Brett. Yeah. Are you drunk? What's happening? Why are you giggling? You got the oh, giggles? What's sorry, happening got, in there? Got a bottle of Sun Valley Limoncello right here. Um, oh boy, doing. Uh, yeah. I thought this was, you know, I always see doing, people having fun at the Golden Globes. Riffs? Yeah, I thought, you know, look, everybody's having so much fun at the Golden Globes every year. I want to get in on that. Yeah. So I've been having my own, you know, the January here's, Oscars party over here's here. Here's the thing. I'm giving. I'm going to give you a compliment. You did such a great job with that PowerPoint. Oh, thank you. Seriously. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, the PowerPoint itself was was let's be honest, pretty pretty shitty. <laughs> but, but the uh, no, the, the, the whole thing. You did such you, a great job. Thing. That's what thank I meant. You. The whole the whole thank thing. You, you yes. did such a great job. I really appreciate that. This was so, this was. I'm not gonna. This was so much fun to go through and look at all these January movies throughout uh, throughout uh, time. Uh, it's it's great because it's just such a weird month for movies. So it was a lot of fun to go back and find all these mm-hmm. oddities and movies yeah. and 
things that I remember. Um, you had asked which movies off that list we'd actually seen in theaters, Julie, which is a great question. Yes. Uh, I like Tom. I saw Biodome in theater, um, and I saw House Guest in theater. Both of those, and maybe a couple others off that list, but those two I, I distinctly remember mm-hmm. seeing in theaters and loved them both. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, yeah, you're gonna see that in person. Uh, did you go alone? Or with uh, well, a I, told, I, I told Tom, uh, I, I um, saw Biodome. I was, I think, in middle school at that point. Um, and uh, am I, uh, uh, you know, as we said earlier, kind of a strict upbringing, Southern Baptist and so forth. So I had to explain in order to go to a movie in theaters, I had to tell my parents what it was about. And then they sort of, you know, decided if I could go see it or not. Right. And my friends and I, I can't remember what we, we had gone to. We were going to go see another movie, which I had gotten approved. Uh, but then at the last <gasps> second, they all decided, in? well, I didn't cause I was, a, I was, I was a good kid. So they all, they all decided we're going to go to Biodome instead. So I said, all right, give me five minutes. So I went and found a payphone. Oh and my God. I'm telling, I'm explaining to my parents like, okay, we're actually going to go see this movie Biodome. And they're like, okay, what's it about? And I was like, um, it's like an environmental comedy. Uh, it's like about, it's like a, uh, you know, there's a, a sort of like a big sort of uh, greenhouse that they all, and they're like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. And then, so I got to go see uh, Biodome. That's so sweet. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. Amazing. Well, I'll tell you, I saw Cabin, but Cabin was one of the first movies I ever saw by myself Mm -hmm. because it just was. And my parents dropped me off at the shopping center on Central Avenue in White Plains next to what was later the Bed Bath & Beyond. And I was in the theater alone next to a father and his, like, 12 year old son who woolen her off in jokes that was probably me mm-hmm. and i was sitting by myself and he walked in with his kid looked around and said i guess there aren't a lot of chris elliott fans mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and they sat in the front and i sat in the back and i thought to myself this is the weirdest thing i had like a couple of very formative experiences at that age one was running into get a life on channel five like Sunday night and the other was running into um, just flipping through the channels when I say running into um, hairspray on HBO at like 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. and finding those two things and thinking, oh, this makes me feel very strange was very formative. Mm-hmm. But um, I will feel guilty for not voting for Guffman regardless in some ways that I, I will get over it. Tough loss for Guffman. Tough loss. But tough he lost loss. to a good yes. one. No shame. No shame in that game. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Double Threat. And thank you to Matt uh, Zoller Sites. And we will um, see you next time. Bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.